Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, 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 good morning and a pleasant good Monday morning. Weekend kicking off in prime time fashion. We welcome you as always to Off the Bench presented by our friends at United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We come your way 10 through 12 P. P. Oh, yeah. A little slow to the trigger again. That's Monday through Friday. You can find us on YouTube, Chatterbox Sports page. If you'd rather join us in podcast form, just search off the bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in before we get to anything. It should be noted. Gentlemen, good morning. Good morning, Tom. You came in a little down today. See? A little down today. I'm sorry I didn't do a cartwheel. That's not your MO. I'm sorry I didn't do a cartwheel when I walked in the door, but I'm, I'm happy as ever. Happy as a clam. Who day one? We're back to 500. So it was a nice weekend, Tom. I'm very happy. I'm the most happy I've ever been, Tom, sitting right now in front of you on this show. You can tell it by a smile. I am. This is genuine. This is a genuine smile. Did you get a ticket this weekend? No, I didn't get a ticket. Because so, I saw you posted something about, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's really good to take shots at police forces around town. That's yeah, that's, always that's a really heard, good yeah, thing, yeah, right? That's what yeah, I heard. Sure. Well, Tom, you don't know this area probably. You, 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 you're with the muckety-mucks up in wherever. You don't, that's right. There's that's no right. police department. Everybody, It's just utopia where you live but where i live there's this there's this little area it's called addiston i know where addison is go ahead well i was driving through it and i saw this poor guy getting pulled over by a cop and if you've driven through addison you know you have to go under 25 miles per hour because they will pull you over if you go even one mile per per hour over and the guy that was behind me was probably going i don't know he was probably going 26 27 got pulled over and I looked in my uh, my rearview mirror I saw him he's slamming things in his car and it's just it's just a brutal place to be the Addison Police Department they just pull you over if you're going one mile over, one mile per hour over so you've basically doubled down you bury him on Twitter and now you bury him on off the bench well you just asked me do you me. not respect well, the blue I, mean, I respect the blue I don't think he respects the blue, blue line. I respect these guys they got a tough job to do Casey <laughs> good morning good morning Tom you doing all right today yeah, I'm doing good. I'm feeling a lot better than I was last week. Good. Um, I, I still died on draft or die. I know uh, that might have been a little bit of a spoiler, but that, that didn't feel great. Geno Smith got absolutely killed. That didn't feel great. But all that doesn't matter. The Falcons also didn't do great either. All no, that doesn't didn't. matter, though, because my Bengals are 3-3. Three and three. So. And it's unbelievable. We learned uh, before the show today, roughly about 45 minutes before the show today, that Tyreek Hill, according to Casey, would be the fourth option in the Bengals passing game. Wow. If he were to come on board. Buried on the depth chart behind Jamar, behind T, who had all of one catch yesterday, and Tyler Boyd. That is so disrespectful to Irv Smith because Tyreek would be the fifth. My lord. I mean, I just – I don't know. I, I just feel like that our our receiving core is the best in the league. I don't know. Tyreek Hill, he leads the league in receiving yards, but I don't know if he can – I don't know if he can cut as a Bengal. He's almost at 1,000 yards receiving. In six weeks. Yeah. I mean, it's – Not it's, good enough. It's unbelievable. Not good enough for me. All right, look. Uh, we're going to talk about the Bengals' defense, okay, because this offense is a lot more times than not – Really hard to watch, right? We call it as we see it here on the program. We always do. Now, in fairness, Lou Anarumo's unit has struggled for most of this season. Remember, Anarumo said back in free agency, his worst nightmare 
would be losing safeties Von Bell and Jesse Bates. And as we know, his worst nightmare came true as both bolted for other teams. We also know that Zach Taylor doesn't play his starters in the preseason. So for most, most of this young season, the defense looked like they've never played the game before. Heck, you can make that argument on offense. But let's be honest. You had confidence. I had confidence that the Bengals defensive coordinator would figure this stuff out. And things are certainly trending in that direction. Cincinnati's defense sacked Geno Smith four times, intercepted the Seattle quarterback twice, held the Seahawks to less than 90 rushing yards, stopped them twice on fourth down inside the 10. They were lights out when it mattered most in a 17-13 gritty, ugly, tough win. And yes, the Bengalis are now 3-3 three and three with a bye week on the horizon. I guess we have to talk about the offense. I'm sitting there with my computer, and I watch the first two drives, and I'm just getting ready to sit down and start typing this monologue and saying, wow, there they were. The best they've looked all year long. Two drives, two touchdowns, 142 yards. Great protection for Joe Burrow. And then what? And then what? What happened? Seriously, what happened to this once again ballyhooed offense? They didn't go south. They went off the rails entirely. The next nine, nine drives produced three points, a total of 74 yards with six punts, an interception, and a kneel down. 52 yards of offense in the second half. Seattle's good. They ain't that good. And is this team ever going to be able to run the football? 15 rush attempts for 46 yards. The Las Vegas Raiders are the only team in the league averaging fewer rushing yards per game than your Cincinnati Bengals. They are spending a king's ransom on this offensive line. I got to go back and look it up. But you would be hard-pressed to find a team that is spending more money on their offensive line than the Bengals are spending this season. And they can't convert a third and one. All right. Enough already. We've heard that somewhere before. <laughs> Move on to San Francisco in two weeks. Speaking of the Niners, they roll into Cleveland. Undefeated, figuring it would stay that way. I mean, especially once they learned that Deshaun Watson would not be playing for a second straight week due to an injured shoulder. But look what happened. The Brownies! The Brownies! Casey! Yes, Tom. The Brownies! They stink. They, pa they don't stink. <laughs> they pounded the Niners, rushed for 170 yards against the Niners. Journeyman quarterback P.J. Walker, he wasn't great. But he made enough plays. Cleveland defense is just outstanding, period. It adds up to a 1917 Browns win in a game that everyone thought the Brownies would lose. Further bad news for San Francisco, their two best offensive weapons, Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, both left the game with injuries, did not return. By the time the Bengals play the 49ers, will they be healthy? 
And the Niners have a short week. Next week, they play Minnesota on Monday Night Football. Baltimore, no team in the league, again, more beat up with it than they are. Injuries to key players all over the place. Their offense looked average at best, but their defense completely shut down Tennessee, even knocking Ryan Tannehill out of the game. 24-16, they win in London. Pittsburgh had the week off. So, we take a look at the AFC North standings. Now, you can look at the standings and you can say, well, the Bengals are only one game behind. Do we have the standings? Yeah, I got it. All right. They're only one game behind the leaders in the Ravens. But that third column is the one, or the second column is the one that hurts you. You're already 0-2 in the division. Now, they have one more left against the Brownies. They have two against the Steelers. And they have one more against the Ravens. But they've got some work to do. But who knows? Maybe this is all about a late-season run, again, for the Bengals. Mid-season run. So, after the Niners lose, that left one unbeaten team in the league, the defending NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles. They played the Jets. And again, who would have thunk it? New York. Now, I'm not so sure New York doesn't have the best defense in the league. When you watch them play, And they didn't even have Sauce Gardner yesterday. He was out with an injury. They can really play defense, man. They intercept Jalen Hurts three times and win 20 to 16. Could you make the argument the two best teams in the NFL right now might be the Lions and the Dolphins? Could you make that argument? You certainly could make that argument. You lose that argument, but you can certainly make that argument, Tom. You would lose that argument because the Chiefs are the best teams in the best team in the That's NFL. That's just a bad take. It's just a. I mean, everyone told me how good the 49ers and the the Eagles were, and here they lost to uh, to middling AFC teams, as Jacob Tissett brought out, uh, pointed out on Twitter. But uh, yeah, I mean, they have got the best quarterback, they got the best coach. They're five and one, and everyone can say they they don't put up 45 points a game or whatever. But whatever, the Chiefs are the reigning champs, and they keep winning. They're the best team in the league, Tom. Uh, I would not. I mean. It's the NFL. There's parity. Teams are going to lose. Now, the, the 49ers won. They were dealing with a lot of injuries. I know the Browns were too, so it was an injury It was an injury off in that game. But it was, an ugly, it was just a brutal game. I, I think Brock Purdy, we had an argument last week how he's, he's the current MVP. Looked horrible. He was, I yep. think, was like 12 for 27. First game he's ever lost. 12 for 27, 120 yards. It just looked brutal. I mean, he didn't have his two guys out there. And I know everybody was telling me before how good the defense was uh, for the Browns and is for the Browns. But at the end of the day, it just I, if, if you take away that guy's stars, I don't know what you have in Brock Purdy. If you look at the Eagles, I think that's a fluke game. You chalk that up to a fluke game. The Eagles are damn good. But you're right about the Jets' defense. They're, they're cool, for real. Man. They're for real. I don't they know if they're the best They get defense. after people, man. Did you see this stat about the, the Cleveland Browns' defensive unit through five games or whatever? They've, yeah, they've allowed right. the fewest yards. Yep. In NFL history, in 50 years or something like that. The most efficient defense the league has ever seen in the first six weeks. Yeah. We can talk more about that game later, though. Yeah, we'll talk more about that. I mean, I think it's a disingenuous to, to say that um, Brock Purdy lost that game when he had them in position to win. We'll talk about that later. But Eagles and the Jets, I think that's also disingenuous. I think the Jets are just a really damn good team on defense. They, they had Aaron Rodgers. They might be the best team in the league. And I tell you what, um, I don't know if some of you saw the clip about Aaron Rodgers. He's walking around with no cast. I saw that. Yeah. I mean, with no crutches. He's out there <clears throat> slinging balls around. This dude. He's trying to come back. Yes, he is. 
And I would not be surprised one bit if he finds a way to get back. Um, all right, on to college football. Now, look, many of us wondered how the UC Bearcats would fare in basketball as a member of the Big 12 Conference, and rightfully so. It's the best league in college hoops. No debate about it. But did we take for granted their ability to compete in football? This season is quickly, UC alum Elliott, mm. spiraling out of control as the Bearcats lost their third straight conference game. They're 0-3. And their fourth straight game overall, they were drilled 30-10 to 10 against Iowa State. UC had barely over 200 yards of offense, less than 100 yards passing, and turned it over twice. Next up, at Nippert Stadium with Baylor. Baylor's not good. That game is at noon this Saturday. Bears are 2-4 and four on the year after getting hammered by Texas Tech over the weekend. Don't look now. But does anybody care in Oxford? Does anybody care? No. The hottest team in greater Cincinnati is Miami of Ohio. The Red Hawks sit atop the MAC East standings after winning their sixth straight game, 34-21 at Western Michigan. Next week, a huge game in Oxford. And I'll be interested to see how many students actually go to that game because it's the first big game, truly big game, Miami has played in maybe a decade at home. They're playing the team that most people felt like Toledo and Ohio U were the two best teams. Miami has been the best team in the East. Toledo's the best team in the West. They come to Oxford 4 p.m. kickoff. Over under 3,000 fans. I don't, fans, certainly under 3,000 students. There ain't going to be 3,000 students in that crowd, Tom. I mean, they. they yeah, I'll, handle the, I'll, I'll hammer the under. Yeah. Nobody's watching that. The game, game won't even be on at Brick Street. The game won't even be on the TV. Yes, it will. Tom. I've, I've been there to Miami when they're playing like OU and the game's not on TV. That's wild. It's not on TVs at, the, at their biggest bars. They got every other game on, on TV, but not, not, not Miami. That school would not change if they didn't have athletics. I saw their kicker, by the way, is 13 for 13 on the year. The only other kicker who's as good as Alabama's kicker. I don't know either of their names. Obviously, they're kickers. But, but a, a good kicker. Miami has a very good kicker. Also, did you say Miami's in the east of the MAC and Toledo's in the west? Yeah. Despite Miami being farther west than Toledo? Yes. Well, yeah. fair enough. Just you learn something new every day. <laughs> now, we, we talked about Ohio University. They we were go. the hottest team in the MAC. Yeah. But the Bobcats laid an egg. Mm. No other way to put it. 23 13, the red hot Cats lose at Northern Illinois. OU and Miami collide in Athens two weeks from now. Already getting ready. The old saying used to be, get ready to get ready to get ready. We are getting ready for the big one this weekend. The Ohio State University Buckeyes taking on Penn State at Ohio Stadium. The Buckeyes improved to 6-0 with their most complete effort on the season, a 41-7 route of Purdue. Ohio State was missing its top two running backs. Another had to leave the game hurt but still ran for better than 150 yards. Kyle McCord, three touchdowns. The defense is lights out. So is Penn State's. The Nittany Lions are undefeated and ranked sixth or seventh. They dropped to this week because Washington rolled right up. This is a big league game, big time game. Saturday, high noon at the Shoe in Columbus. 
The best game of the weekend on paper turned out to be the best game of the weekend on the field. What a show put on by Washington and Oregon. The Huskies score the go-ahead touchdown with two minutes to go. Oregon misses a game-tying field goal at the buzzer. 39-36, Washington wins. The Huskies go to 6-0. The Ducks lose for the first time this year. We have always thought on this show that USC is a fraud. But we thought that because of their terrible defense. Who would have thought their offense would look so bad against Notre Dame? Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams threw for fewer than 200 yards. He was sacked six times and was intercepted three times in a 48-20 Notre Dame route. The Irish score four touchdowns on offense, return a kickoff for a touchdown, scoop up a fumble for a touchdown. It was no contest. Speaking of frauds, Look no further than across the mighty Ohio, Elliot. Mm. Louisville, you had him in your top five last week. I did. Fraud, hammered by Pitt. Kentucky? They're probably six now, right? Yeah, they're six. Kentucky? Okay, they lose to Georgia. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Got the coach talking about, you know, we got to be able to have more money and be able to pay more players and blah, 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 blah. Hammered by Missouri. All right, on to baseball. The underdog Texas Rangers have still not lost a single game in this postseason. And so, look, I don't hear anybody talking about, you know, you don't need to make a deal at the deadline. I don't hear a lot of that talk going on around here. Mm -hmm. Jordan Montgomery, I believe they traded for him. They did? I believe they did. Mm -hmm. He outdueled Justin Verlander in game one of the American League Championship Series, 2-0 the final. Montgomery pitched into the seventh, allowed five hits, walked only one. And then there's another guy that they traded for. Uh-oh. Aronis! <laughs> Aronis Chapman. A perfect ninth inning. Oh, but no, don't make that deal. Don't give up anything to help yourself, you know, maybe be better. In two or three games, you could have won. Mm. Don't do that. Game two this afternoon in Houston at 4.30. You can watch the game on Fox. In the National League, the championship series starts tonight in Philadelphia. A pair of wildcard teams, a fighting Phils and the upstart Diamondbacks. Arizona, like Texas, has not lost a game in this postseason, sweeping Milwaukee and the Dodgers. It's a pretty interesting story. Zach Gallen starts tonight for the Diamondbacks. He grew up in Jersey 15 or 20 minutes away from the ballpark he'll pitch in tonight. His whole family are all Phillies fans. He's had texts from buddies of his that say, we hope you go seven innings and that the bullpen gives it up and the Phillies win one nothing." <laughs> That's a true story. His mom went to the World Series last year. Zach got her tickets for the World Series so she could go to the game. Because her son got her the tickets, she wore an Arizona Diamondback sweatshirt when the Phillies were playing in the World Series against Houston last year. So, Mom, hey, she's going to be fighting it a little bit tonight. Zach Wheeler will get the ball for Philadelphia. That's a big-time pitching matchup tonight. So you are up to speed. All right, Casey, you are always on an otherwise cloudy day, and we'll get, of course, to the weather coming up shortly, a little earlier today. So if you're looking to plan your day and night, 
We will have the weather at 10.50, a little bit earlier, because Kyle Kasky will come on with us at 11 o'clock. Casey? Yes, Tom. Your thoughts about your Cincinnati Bengals? Whoa, we're Give start- me a full report. We're starting with me today, huh? Yes, um, we are, starting with you, because you are the voice of optimism. And yeah, you are I- the guy who, who is not afraid to step out on a limb <laughs> and say that, Tyreek Hill would not even start for the Bengals. Go ahead. Oh, man. Um, Yesterday, really good for one quarter. Something happened, and I think, in all honesty, I think it was a collective effort that they struggled. A lot of people are blaming Joe Burrow. They're they're blaming the offensive line. I think it was a collective effort, right? I think they just – the play call wasn't great either. I think – Yesterday, they also faced a really good defense. They faced a, a, a team that could stop the run, their top five in stopping the run. We all know that they've got some really great athletes on the perimeter with Woolen and, and uh, Witherspoon, who Witherspoon had a great day. Targeted, I think, maybe three times, didn't give up a single pass. To me, this game, it could have been a lot better. Obviously, I think we all feel that way. There was a lot of situations in the second quarter that I feel like could have been avoided. Um, some opportunities missed. I'm looking at, you know, the, the three and out was really big from for, for the field goal. You wish that you could have drove down the field a little bit more, took some more time off the clock. Um, the, the two-sack drive where Joe Burrow was sacked basically on back-to-back plays. The third and one, not being able to run up the up the gut, yep. that was tough too. They just weren't efficient. They weren't efficient yesterday. They were efficient for, for two drives, and that was it. The first two drives. Yep. But despite that, this defense, I mean, they look better than they were last year, in all honesty. I mean, Trey Hendrickson, you look at the numbers – and you look at the numbers that were taken away from him, he would be leading the league right now in sacks. He'd be probably leading the league in turnovers created. Um, I mean, this team this team was able to limit the mistakes that they've been making for the last five weeks, not giving out any of the perimeter stuff, staying in their lane, staying contained, not making a lot of mental errors, and it paid off. They only gave up 13 points. That's against exactly a very, right. a very high-powered offense. That's exactly right. Or a team that was scoring this year. Let's put it that way. They yeah. were scoring a lot. Yeah. They were the sixth-highest scoring team in the league coming into the game was uh, Seattle. Um, so, yeah. Gentlemen, your overall thoughts of the game. Yeah. I, I think you can't overstate how big the defense came up in the second half. In six possessions in the second half, the Seahawks were in the red zone four times. They had just three points. That's right. That's incredible. Yep. yep. I mean, that that's coming up. That's standing the test. And th- there's there's multiple guys that you could you could point at and say, man, they had a great game. Trey Hendrickson, obviously, great. Cam Taylor Britt, and I I've said this last year. I I I've, I thought when we drafted him, I thought when he got some playing time last year, I was like, this guy is a ball player, and, and we're yep. seeing him blossom into a, a great cornerback right before our eyes. You're I, right. I truly believe that in five years. We look back on this era of Bengals defense, 
And we'll look at Cam Taylor Britt and we'll say that's our best defensive player. And I, that's Logan Wilson on the team. That's Trey Hendrickson on the team. Sam, we've got great players. But I think Cam Taylor Britt is going to blossom into one of the the league's premier defensive backs. And he missed some he missed some plays yesterday. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's going up against on an island against D, DK Metcalf and, and all the things that Cam Taylor Britt did yesterday. But uh, so he wasn't perfect, but he's still just a stud. This offense, it's troubling. And I know everyone. The, the, the naysayers of Bengals Nation will, will go and say Joe Burrow isn't up to snuff, and, and I've sat here and I've defended him. I've defended him. I'm running out. I truly am. I'm running out of excuses for, for Joe Burrow because you, you could say he was hurt. He was hurt. He was hurt. And then last week he looked, he looked great moving around the pocket. This week he, he had that one escape where it was incredible. But he's, he's seemingly just missing throws, and it's, it's becoming a little troubling. It truly is becoming a little troubling seeing this offense not fire on the cylinders that we've seen it. Um, I don't know what it is. Only four first downs. Only four first downs after the first two drives yesterday. Only four of them. That's terrible. That's damn near impossible to do. Yeah, in, in, in three quarters of play, only yes. four first downs. It's with, impossible, it's, almost. We it's almost it, impossible for any team in the NFL. That's what I mean. It's seemingly impossible when you have Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and a lot of them, right? It doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Quick shout out though. So me and Elliot got to go into the the Betfred Suite yesterday. We That's met, right. We met a member yeah. Well, we'll of, get to that later. Well, we met a member of Nutcutter Nation in the suite yesterday, who was the king of Cincy. Betfred has a promotion where they give you if if you opt in, you get a five thousand dollar bet. Nutcutter Nation's very own AJ Worse. No kidding. AJ Worse. Was, was the, AJ in the chat today? The, I haven't was seen the him. King of Cincy yesterday. So I haven't was, seen him. That was awesome. Yeah, that was fun. I, I have I have this thing where and Reed and I go back and forth on this. Basically, I I think it matters how you look when you win games. I do. I that's, think it matters. I, I'll I'll peel it back. I'll, that's fair. I think it matters how you look. I'm not saying style points are important. I don't care if you win forty two nothing. I just I think it matters the the fashion in which you win a, a football game. For the past six weeks now. The Bengals just haven't looked good winning football games, and that's a fact. I, again, people are going to get mad at me. The, the three wins we have, even the Cardinals win. That wasn't like a pretty win. You had a pick six after getting sh shut down on fourth and one that helped you really capitalize a, a victory. But it's against a bad team. The Bengals are fun, right? This is a fun team. I think the offense is still going to find their groove. At some point in the season, they are too good. They are too talented. They have too many weapons on that offensive front to not to not score points. But they're not doing it yet, and it's still it's still concerning at this point. I don't. I I think at this right now, if the, if the Bengals continue this trend, I have a hard time seeing them make the playoffs. But on the other side of the coin, they're three and three after a disastrous yep. start. Mm -hmm. They are three and three. Yep. They fought all the way back. And going into the bye at three and three, we might as well be six and zero. Oh. That's how good that win yesterday feels, and it was one of the ugliest wins I've ever seen, truly. Yeah. But being three and three, Joe Burrow's still not looking great throwing wise. Tom was mentioning some stats earlier about Joe Burrow's uh, yards per attempt, yards per completion. Yep. It's not good. It's lowest the, in the league. Lowest in the by, league by a significant. They're the only team where that number starts with a five. Yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. It, it, when you have guys like T. Higgins, who have, I know he's been dealing with an injury, but he underperformed yesterday, caught a pass. I mean, Jamar Chase has been really our, our guiding light, receiving-wise, and really offensively. If we don't have Jamar Chase, we don't win football games. So, shout-out to him. 
But yeah, right now, I, we're 3-3. Three and three. The vibes are still high. I know they don't look good. The Bengals do not look like a Super Bowl contender. My biggest concern is they don't play in unison. The offense and the defense, it seems like when yes. the defense plays good, offense plays terrible. When the offense plays good, defense plays terrible. You have a good first half. You have a horrible second half. You start out slow. You come out hot in the second. It's it just never a complete game with them. There's, it's just never a complete game. And maybe that's how the NFL is. Maybe it's rare to play complete games. But I look at the Kansas City Chiefs, and I look at teams like that, it just seems like they always play, they're always playing high at a high level every quarter, every drive they have, they seem to be in unison. Yeah, I, and, right, and right now the Bengals aren't, aren't doing that, and that's my biggest concern. The, would, the, the thing is, and, and Elliot, Elliot brings up really good points about how it does matter how you look, because right now this team doesn't look like the, the Super Bowl contenders or even AFC contenders that we thought they were, but at the end of the day, they are winning. After the 0-2 start, we looked at the four-game stretch that they were about to embark on, yep. and we said, we got a banged-up Joe Burrow. We don't even know if Joe Burrow's going to play against the Rams, yada, yada, yada. If we can get to 500 on these next four games against yep. the Rams, Titans, Cardinals, and Seahawks, We'll feel really good, and they did just that. It didn't look great, but they got back to 500, going three and one over. That You're everything. All you guys just said is spot on. I mean, they are three and three, and I think everybody in and his brother, based on the things you talked about and that we know about, when they started zero and two, if you just said they're going to be three and three, you'd say sign me up, right? Because that means they're three and one in their next four games in the run. Yeah, and I would, you know, we looked at the schedule last year or during the summer. Right. Sorry. And we were like, man, that's our early bye week. It couldn't have come any sooner. No doubt. Couldn't have come any sooner. Now they've got two weeks to prepare for a top dog in the NFC, which who knows what that looks like now with the injuries that they sustained. Yep. But, man, what what better timing to get Joe fully healthy if he wasn't already, to be able to work out any kinks that they have, to finally be able to have practices without having to prep for a team just to get some chemistry down. I mean, I'm I'm expecting a lot coming out of the bye week. I really am. They gotta be better than they were the last six weeks. They just you, have to be. You're right. I mean, it could not come at a better spot. We got back to 500, and we're gonna embark on maybe the tough. It's certainly the toughest two game stretch that we'll play all season long. Going to um, San Francisco, playing them, and then coming home on Sunday night football against the Bills. Those are going to be two tough games that, I mean, we'll be tickled pink if we walk away one and one out of those two games. Well, right. yeah, and there's no doubt. I mean, although I got to tell you, you know, I mean, everybody's talking all about parity in the NFL, and it, it really is amazing how some of these teams, uh, or the whole league, uh, anybody can get beat. I mean, the Dolphins go one week from scoring 70, and then they get embarrassed by Buffalo, mm. right? They score 20. Correct. Buffalo was lucky to win last night. I still cannot believe the Bills were shut out for three quarters against the Giants. They score 14 points in the fourth quarter. And did you see how this game ended? Now... This is the play. The guy's being held. All right, so back it up a second. Let me, let, me, let me set this up for those of you that didn't stay up late last night. Okay? The Giants are taking the ball down the field. They throw it into the end zone. It's flagged as time expires for pass interference against the Bills. 
the game cannot end on a defensive penalty. Okay? So, they're given one more snap. The ball is placed at the one-yard line. There is no time left on the clock. So, you know, it doesn't matter whether you run it or throw it. This is it. You got one shot and the game is over. Well, clearly, the receiver here in the slot is held. How they miss that, I, I just, I, I just I can't get it. But more importantly, you've had Saquon Barkley. Look at that holding in the end zone with the ball in the air. You've had Saquon Barkley, who's run for nearly 100 yards on the team. You don't have your starting quarterback in Daniel Jones. Tyrod Taylor takes him down the field on that last drive. Barkley is your best player. Fellas, how at the one-yard line are they not turning around and handing the ball off to Saquon Barkley? And it comes down to this simple question, okay? And I'm not saying I'm right. Maybe you're right. Who would you rather, if you're a Giants fan, if you took a poll of 1,000 Giants fans (laughs) and you said, okay, we got one play to run from the one-yard line. And we're putting the game and the ball in the hands of A, Saquon Barkley, B, Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, I I watched the entire game yesterday, literally from start to finish. That football game stunk. It stunk out loud. It got good at the end because it was close. Uh, But it was a terrible football game. Saquon Barkley had a chance at the end of the first half. There was 14 seconds left. Giants didn't have a timeout. They same exact scenario that you just same exact scenario. They said, you know what? We're gonna give it to our star. 14 seconds left. We don't have a timeout. We're gonna risk not running another play after it. Ran it with Saquon. Stuffed. End of the half. No points. I imagine that had something to do with it. Saquon yesterday also. The stats are a little bit misleading because at one point he had, he had 15 carries for 15 yards. He was abysmal for three quarters of that football game. He was. He came in in the fourth quarter. He started. Run, he, he made a couple really big long runs. Um, it, it helped boost. Yeah, he had the thirty-four yard run, it, and yeah, yeah, it yeah. helped boost an otherwise yes, abysmal game by him. Yes. So those two factors, I imagine, came into play. You have one untimed down. That's when. That's to me when I would. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Not to mention, I also had money on Saquon anytime touchdown score. Would have loved that to hit, <laughs> but. I think they saw it all game where Saquon just wasn't getting up the middle on those uh, on a play like that. You saw it right before the half. I don't think they were going to do it. I think it was going to be a pass the whole way through. It didn't work. It stunk. They should have gotten another down. Uh, obviously, it's not how sports work. It's not how life works. Sometimes you just lose. You get the raw end of the deal. But I, I actually don't hate the play call. It, 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 it was, it's not no, like, I didn't hate the play call. Yeah, I agree I, with you. I didn't hate the play call. If the guy's not holding him, that looks like a touchdown. Waller's yeah. like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, yeah. six, six, whatever he is there. So, I mean, yeah, not a bad play call. I, I just think with what happened in that game, if you watch the first three quarters of that game, Saquon Barkley looked just horrible. I mean, he looked horrible. So, uh, yes, he's your star. Yes, yes, he should have the ball in his hands over Tyrod Taylor. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in that current situation, you were gifted an extra play after a pass interference call, untimed down. I, w- I, I, I think they made the right call. It's su- I can't say they made the right call because they lost it. But I would have done the same thing. I would have thrown the thing. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, so I don't know if you saw, Elliot, the, the penalty that was called on the Giants 
against Josh Allen for roughing the passer. Yeah, I saw that too. So that, that that's where I think a lot of people have issues is just the officiating was terrible that game. I mean, th- those are two huge plays that changed the entire outlook of this game. I mean, they should get another chance. They should get another chance to score there. Um, and you're at the half-yard line. Yeah. It gives you more incentive to run the ball more than ever there. Hand it off to Saquon or just go for the, you know, the, yeah. the tush-push or that's whatever. Right. That's right. And maybe we have a different ball game. But, yeah, I mean, that play, that, that final play was very – it, it sucks. It sucks that it came down to that. It should never have to come down to that for any team, but it did. And the whole world saw it, and it's just unfortunate. Very unfortunate for the I, And there was, there's been a couple of those roughing the passer calls. I know that's the way the league's going, player safety. I understand it. But at some point, you do take away what football is, and that's it's a violent game. You're going to get hit. I, I, I just don't get it. NFL officiating needs to be better. I'm not going to sit up here and blame the refs. It's 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 almost an impossible job being an NFL ref. It is. It really is. I mean, there's going to be a missed call every single every single down. Of, of They're football. just too big, too strong, too fast. It's it's. It would and be you're asking 50 year old, 40 year old men to keep pace up with some of that stuff. You, you just can't. Four referees that are 10 feet away from a play. It's just it, it's not going to work. Um, but it, it it seems to me like some of these rough the Bengals had a terrible roughing the passer yep. uh, called on them. DJ Reader. DJ Although Reader. I do think Charles Davis did a beautiful job of explaining that yesterday, of how Reader would have avoided. I don't know if you guys remember his his analysis of that, but Reader, I mean, it's a three hundred and twenty pound man, right? Yeah. And yeah. he's running, and he's one step away from the quarterback. And, and, and Davis pointed out, which I thought was was right on the money, if he would have just almost instead of wrapping his arms around the guy and trying to run through him. That officials just want to see you sort of peel off to one side or the other with that last step. If you bump the guy and you knock him on his tail, they don't flag you. But he ran through Geno Smith and just drove him right in the ground. And, and again, I wouldn't have called it, but, 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 but that was a point that was made, and I think it's a fair point. It's a fair point. My, my issue with it is that it's a lot easier said than done right. when you're running full speed. Mm-hmm. Your, your mindset is, I just need to get to the quarterback. Uh, and then halfway through it, you're like, oh, wait, let me turn over, make sure the quarterback doesn't die. Like, it, 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 the, mind, the mind doesn't work like that. It, you can't comprehend it when, when you're an NFL player trying to do it. I, and I get it. The rules say what they say. You have to try to do it. But these are professional athletes that have been trained their whole lives to do exactly That's what right. he did correctly. He did it correctly. And that's the part I just don't get. He, he sacked Geno Smith, or he, he got to Geno Smith perfectly. And they, and they called it uh, roughing the passer. So, Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think uh, Mr. Moe just put in the chat here that, um, you know, the form there, that you got to keep running through them. It, it's so hard. As Elliot said, it's so hard to, to stop on a dime when you're trying to get to the quarterback. And, and, you know, luckily there's not a lot of quarterbacks in the league that can pump fake it like Peyton Manning used to do. But, uh, yeah, the pump fake and you, and you and you just that's right. rock away. I mean, it's it's almost like these rules are becoming – and I know they're designed to create more offense. They're designed to help the offensive side of the ball. But are we going too far with them in, yeah. some, in some instances? I, mean, I would also argue, too, that he didn't even really put his full body weight on him either. I mean, he tackled him and his head was in his stomach. It would be one thing if his entire body it was like one for one. But it was like – 
you know, he tackled him in the legs. It wasn't like he put his full body weight on right. him. I thought it was a lame call. I mean, you're going to get calls your way one way or another. But officiating in the NFL has been abysmal. Also, what's been really abysmal, this was the worst week in NFL scoring-wise in a very long time. Only 46, a lot of points, really. only 46 touchdowns offensively this week. How about week. that? Well, there's that, only a couple teams on bye weeks. Well, and... there's some high-power teams. I mean, you brought up earlier about Kansas City. Th their offense has been very mediocre most of this year. Yeah. Now, they've had some guys banged up. Everybody has. Right. But, I mean, the three teams that you thought when this season started were going to go out and pile up some points, at least in the AFC, would have been the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Bills. Mm -hmm. And right now, the fan bases, I'm sure, in those other cities are asking the same thing. I mean, yeah, Buffalo won like the Bengals won. Buffalo won ugly. The Bengals won ugly. The Chiefs won ugly against a terrible Denver team and were able to do very little on offense. Uh, but we'll talk more about that. Uh, we have Kyle Kasky coming up. Look, weather's a big part of your day. Elliot, are we ready to go? I am ready to roll. Tom, hey, 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 everybody. It's time for the weather. Listen, it's chilly. I don't need to tell it. I don't need to tell that to you. You know it's going to be cold. We're at the part of the season in fall where that's, that's incredible. That door, that's incredible. I'm not going to lie. You can't see what's happening, but you, I wish you could. Listen, it's cold outside. Going to wear a sweatshirt. I'm wearing a sweatshirt under this sports jacket. Not a sports jacket. I guess it's just a, just a regular jacket. Either way, we know what it is. Today, the high, I believe, is 60 degrees. <laughs> uh, the high is 60 degrees. The low, like 45 degrees. Again, everybody knows the bit by now. Just check your phone. You're going to scroll through the day. You're going to see all the, the things, blah, 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 blah. I don't care. Uh, precipitation, low. No rain today. Even though it did rain in the morning, it's not going to rain the rest of the day. That's a promise. That's a guarantee. Not going to rain. If you have to bet on one thing, bet on this. No rain, minus 132. That's your odds. Betfred Sportsbook, the greatest sportsbook known to man. Other than that, Listen, it's, 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 it's fall weather. This is the best time of the year. I had a campfire uh, this weekend. I was at a campfire on Saturday. It's just, you, you sit with your friends. You're around the campfire. It's a little nipply. It's a little cold. But you're sitting around the fire. Everybody's got a blanket. Everybody's singing songs. You have a cold drink in your hand. And we're going to get through it. I love this. I love this weather. It's better than 95 degrees. And you're sweating, you're sweating your ass off. This is so much better. So everybody, Relax. 60 degrees high, 40 degrees low, vice versa. Give or take a couple, like, five degrees there. I don't really know. I don't care either. But that's it. Ronald Reagan? Well, I walked outside, and uh, it was cold. <laughs> I hate the Ronald Reagan bit. I don't get why you do that. All right, give it back to me. Listen, I only do the Ronald Reagan bit because, quite frankly, I just gave it to him, and then ever since then, he just has to act like he knows, like, what to do with it, and he just doesn't. <laughs> He just doesn't know what to do. So other than that, that's it for the weather. You can tune into your local news tonight and find out more about the weather if you really want to know. This but weather's terrible. I, what was that? This weather's terrible. This weather's you, great. You fall, oh, see, now you're wrong. You, you fall fans, this is terrible. It, this makes me sad. No. This makes me sad. I go outside, it's gray. I love how the clouds it's appear cold. every time I'm on. It's wet. This is terrible. This is, this no. is, this is the best you got fall? No, this is, this is great weather. Type in the chat. If you're in the chat right now, do you like this weather or do you not like it? I love this weather. This is my favorite time of the year, hoodie season. My guy Everett in the chat knows it. Everybody, you can wear a hoodie every day of the week. I have over 100 hoodies. I'm going to wear them all. And that's, that, I just love it. 
I just love it. That's all. Weather. Tune into the local news if you really want to hear more about it. You don't because I just told you everything you need to know. But if you do, go do that. Casey, over to you. Well, you can bring it over here. Yep. Bring it over here. Or Ronald Reagan. Sorry. Yeah, Ronald Reagan the, to you. Kermit the Frog? I got, I got a Kermit. I can't do Ronald. I can do Kermit. I mean, I could try a bill. I, I, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get the Ronald Reagan. Oh, 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 oh. Bring it back to Casey. <laughs> All right. Time for the ad reads because that's everyone's favorite part of the 11 o'clock hour. The Bengals Report brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing modules to improve efficiency and... Productivity! Productivity! like the dynamic range there, guys. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. Let me tell you about this water right here. Pawnee water made right here in Hamilton, Ohio, uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that other brands use, supporting, or no, not supporting, we're not Efficiency supporting anymore. Efficiency productivity. <laughs> the result is a healthy alkaline water, also known as the best tasting water in the world. Visit Pawnee water at P-A-H-H-N-I water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water. And let me tell you, I love the pH of this water. It's not a seven. It's not a nine. It's a perfect eight. You Goes tested down. it. Huh? You tested that water. I did test the water. I mean, the label right here, it says an eight. It's truly an eight. Mm. It's literally not a nine. Like, it's a, an actual eight. Mm. No seven. Eight. No Reed, seven. what do you like No like sevens, like Elliot's Weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah um, I love... <laughs> what was that? He gets like eight, Elliot's eights Weekend. Elliot gets eights. He doesn't get sevens. Eights. What's that mean? I don't know. What does it mean? I know what it means, Elliot. What does it mean? I know what it means. I'm not going to say it because Reed walked himself into it. So, so Reed, you have to walk Reed, yourself what does back that mean? out of it. Natural limestone filtration is how you get the best tasting water in the world, Tom. They do it right. I mean, it, it's bottled here. It's sourced here in Hamilton, Ohio. It's the best tasting water in the world. That's. I mean, it's a natural limestone filtration for me. For me, it's the smoothness. Uh, it goes down the gullet nice and easy. So you're going to go over to Pawnee. You're going to get your water. It's the best tasting water in the world, obviously. Natural limestone filtration, obviously. It's just good. It's just really good. That's all there is to it. Any other water, uh, terrible. This is the water you have to drink. And the bottle's cool. Legitimately, this is one of the cooler bottles that, that, that uh, a, a water brand yeah, could have. Yeah. We got a we got a super so, chat, Casey. Yeah, I was gonna, gonna say, say, we, gonna say we got we got three super chats. Three super chats. Right, let me get to Mr. Mo. Well, I got something let's to go say. Let's go to Mr. Mo here. Up. What's he saying? There's a reason seasonal depression is a thing in fall, winter, That's and right. not summer. Makes sense that most negative person at Chatterbox is a fall truther. Hmm. Is that you? I, I think he's talking about me being the most the most negative person at Chatterbox Sports. I is he talking about me? Because I, I think I think, no, he's talking about me. Okay, okay, well, yeah, that makes uh, sense. Okay. He says there's seasonal. Why are you a, what, what makes you a truth or a connect this for me? Help well, me here. well, I was when I was doing the weather, I said that fall is the best weather in my opinion. I love the fall. It's football yeah. season. It right. feels Disagree. good. You're wearing love hoodies. It. You're love by the campfire. Love you're it. with your friends. Love it. Uh, but Mr. Mo apparently disagrees. He says there's seasonal depression for fall and winter, and I'm a negative person because of it. So, Mr. Mo, uh, I politely disagree. Let's get a, Let's catch a bonfire sometime. Let's just go to a bonfire, and I'll show you how it's done. Ricky Logan, Cam Taylor Britt is elite. That's Cam right. And then the last super chat we have here from 
Drew Garrison, a $10 super chat. Kyle Shanahan is now 1-10 against Jim Schwartz defenses and has never scored over 20 on him. I hate Cleveland, but Schwartz has made them a real threat. P.S. Elliot is my hero. <laughs> so how about that? Thanks, we Drew. go from uh, Elliot being a truther and getting beaten down to being a hero. I think you're a hero. Listen, Tom, and speaking of Elliot being a hero, I got I to gotta pump up my boy Elliot. So Saturday... I mentioned that uh, that I worked all week, and we, we all work we all work a lot here at Chatterbox. Um, but Saturday morning, we got to go set up a stage. Someone's renting out our stage down there in Clifton. Um, me and Elliot go there at 7 a.m. and I wanted Elliot to enjoy his Saturday. I said, "Hey, we got to tear this thing down at 8:30 p.m. So we got to come back Saturday night. Kind of ruins your whole day." I was like, "Elliot, enjoy your Saturday. I got this. I'll do this all myself." Would have been a lot of work. I get there at 8:30, and my boy Elliot, even though I told him. Not once, not twice, three, four, maybe even five times. I said, don't come, enjoy your Saturday. Don't come, enjoy your Saturday. My boy is sweating. He's wet. He's just hauling this stage, tearing this stage down. It was the highlight of my weekend, Tom, because I fully I fully thought I was going to have to tear this thing down myself, and I wanted it that way. And my boy Elliot showed up. He was a hero. Yeah, listen, we're team players here at Chatterbox. I Casey had to work Sunday. I'm not going to drag Casey into it. Uh, Reed, Reed. Works his tail off for Chatterbox. I'm not going to let my guy go down there in misery, in the rain, in the sure. cold, uh, and deal with all that by himself. So I went down, and, and we had and we had ourselves a little fun time. I I, I regret nothing. I love I love to do it. I did hurt my. If anybody saw on Twitter, I did hurt my middle finger pretty bad though. Yeah, you did. I had a, I had a, yeah. I, you could almost see it on the camera there. You could, How'd you do gonna, that? I, well, I was I was putting away some of the equipment, and it got me right on the middle finger. It was a big bruise, big scrape. I'm glad you made it to work today. Thank you. Yep. I was proud of myself for getting here, honestly. Tom, we got 10 minutes till Kyle Kasky. Do, do we want to do our What Did I Miss? Yes. Let's do What Did I Miss. Uh, yes. Okay. So this is a segment we're doing each and every Monday. Maybe something that you missed that occurred in an NFL game. You can't watch them all. I guess you can. Um, but, um, all right, here we go. Casey, you want to start with you? Um, what, did, what did you all miss? Uh, or do you have anything? Well, I, I did have something. I thought since we were almost at Kasky, I just closed out of everything on the on the on the, the, the thing here. But that's okay. That's all right. What Kyle, did you miss? If we get to a couple what of them now, did... we bring in Kyle, then we can get back to the rest yeah, of them. Yeah, that's fine. Let's start with yours. Yeah, mine for me. I'm just gonna point out a couple different things all that right. happened. First off, Notre Dame absolutely just destroyed Caleb Williams. What a fraud that he is. Oh, come stinks. on. I He's mean, not a stinks. stinks. Good Lord. And you can you know call what? a lot of people a fraud. You, know, you can't call Caleb Williams a fraud. Fraud. Come on. He threw three picks. He did. And he That's has horrible. one of the worst offensive lines in the country. And everybody knew that going into the game. But go ahead. Horrible. He's terrible. Then, also, all the AFC teams won. It's like the NFC kind of stinks a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah, it's a good yeah. point. That's a good point, Casey. Yeah, yeah let's let's do my, what did I miss? If if you got the listen, I heard for weeks, weeks on weeks on weeks that the 49ers and the Eagles are the best teams in the NFL. And I get it. It's any given Sunday. The NFL, bad teams or really good teams lose sometimes. That's why we've only had what one undefeated team to go all the way through the postseason. And then the Patriots almost made it all the way through. That's why it's it's a tough league. Any given Sunday, any team can win. But the 49ers lost to the Browns in a backup quarterback. Journeyman quarterback, XFL right. quarterback. Right. And then the Eagles go and they lose to the Jets, who lost their quarterback back in week one to a backup quarterback. So 
I guess what I'm saying is, is everyone laughed at me last week when we did the power rankings and I didn't have the 49ers or the Eagles at number one. And you can still laugh at me for having the Chiefs be the number one team in the league. I think they are. I, I just think they are. And I nobody, think the, nobody laughs at that. I think a lot of people do, Tom. I think a lot of people underestimate the Chiefs right now because, <laughs> listen, everyone's like, oh, their offense doesn't look great. They're 5-1 and one in their defense. Do they not get credit for their defense? I agree with you. And on their offensive side, they have the best quarterback in the league, and they have yep. the best coach in the league. I, I just, I, I don't understand. I get that we don't, we're, we're rivals with the Chiefs right now because of what has happened over the past two years. I just am in the camp that we should respect them because for what they've done, they made it to the AFC Championship game five straight years. They wanted they're the reigning Super Bowl champs, yada yada yada. But the the NFC, I, I, <laughs> I said before the season, I said last week that the NFC is simply not as good as the AFC, and I think that they're. I got validated a little bit this weekend. I certainly think that I got validated a little bit this weekend. I know there was injuries. I know it was a rainy game up in Cleveland, and the Bengals already shown what that what that's like. But I just have a hard time believing that the NFC as a whole conference is anywhere close to as competitive as the AFC. Okay. That's fair. Uh, my argument to that would be if you're going to say any given Sunday for the Bengals, it takes – it take, you know, every game's a fight, no matter who mm -hmm. you're playing. If you're going to say that with the Bengals, you have to say it with everybody. Those teams are damn good. They had one bad week in the NFL. Right. Uh, it's not saying. I still think. Much. I still think. Yeah. Let me let me specify. These teams are still going to win 13, 14 games in the NFL this year. They're still going to win a playoff game more than likely. And I think if if we all had to put money on who, what two teams are going to be in the NFC Championship game, I think we'd all be out of our mind to not put these the the Eagles and the Forty Niners in the. Nah, in the I'm not NFC so sure game. about that yet. Not so sure about that yet. Who else you like? In the I NFC? tell you, I'm impressed. Ugh. I'm impressed by the battling lions, the fighting Chris Spielmans, as that I call them. Sick. I mean, they look good, Tom. I can't, you can't they deny look good. Why did they're run, they, you know, they, they didn't have a lot of success for the first time against uh, on the ground uh, yesterday against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's got a very good defense. Yeah, they do. They do. They have an excellent defense. Uh, but their quarterback's playing his tail off, and their defense gets after the opposing quarterbacks. Baker was having a hell of a year. I know it was only four games in, and I know it's Baker Mayfield, but Detroit gets after people now. They've got some deal. players on that team. Why did people give up on Jared Goff so young? Well, he's look, 28 years old. I know, but there, you know, there was a while there. You got to admit where he did not look very good. I mean, Took come a team on, to the Super Bowl, Tom. I, I'm not debating that. I understand he did. But then after that, he went through like a year and a half where he – now, how much he was surrounded by or with, you know, mm -hmm. look, you can always make that point for everybody. But I tell you, they're pretty doggone good. They're pretty good. The yeah. Lions. They play in a bad division too. They play in a very yes, bad division. Yes, they do. There are a lot of Ws in that division. Right. The Vikings aren't, aren't very good. The, the Packers aren't very good. And the Bears obviously aren't very good. Yes. Yeah. So. Yep. Uh, my what did I miss? Let's see if I got that. Boom. Shank you very much. Listen. Oh, shank this, you. Shank you very much. I don't know if you watched the 49ers-Browns game. I did. So I was obviously at the Bengals game. I couldn't watch a ton of it. But as most people know, I'm, I'm, I'm a degenerate gambler. Jake Moody comes out for a 41-yard Michigan man. Shot. A Michigan man. A Michigan man. 41 yards. Jake Moody, who's had a pretty good season up until today. A Michigan he missed, man. He missed a 50-yarder, and he missed now a 41-yarder. Maybe the easiest chip shot I've ever seen. Didn't make it. Lost the game. Reed, Reed told me about this uh, earlier, early, earlier in the week last week. He's like, you know what? Plus four and a half. This is a trap line. This is a trap game. He, Reed, Reed sniffed this game out. The second I saw it. The second he saw it. 
I said, Reed, wait a minute. Deshaun Watson's out. That's why the spread's like that. So, or Deshaun Watson's still playing. That's why it's like that. He's going to be out. Deshaun Watson was out. Nine and a half, nine and a half points was the adjusted spread for that. They still blow it. It was still a trap. Gambling's so funny because I loved the Browns at four and a half, and then the line got moved to nine and a half, and I hated it. Like, they, they were giving me five extra points, and I just didn't take it. Just that didn't... dude's whole family was there watching what? that. Really? Moody. His whole family was there. Oh, man. He, he how about how were the Michigan punter and field goal kicker looking? Yeah, Tom, Brad, Brad Robbins, not Brad, great either. Listen, listen, Tom, Brad Robbins is the reason. Michigan men. Ball, is the reason we win ball games. Brad Robbins, we got to get that. That's he was better yesterday. Brad, Brad, I can't even get through this bit. Brad Robbins, we get him going early and often, and we That's win right, ball Tom. games. That's Drew, right, Tom. You know, I've I've been tweeting a lot about Drew Sample, Tom, because I think it's funny to talk about Drew Sample because he's played in the league for five years as a tight end and has one touchdown. He's played in the league for five years and has about 400 receiving yards. When he catches a pass this year, the Bengals are two and one. Yes, Drew Sample is the secret to success in Cincinnati, That's right. Tom. So Tyreek Hill, who was our fourth, our fourth target, we'll notch him down to like sixth after you include Drew Sample. I'd rather have Drew Sample than Tyreek. Might be right. Might be right, according to Casey. Anyway, is uh, Kyle ready to go? He is ready. All right. Well, it's great. We talked about him last week. Uh, long, long, long time, both in the NFL and college. Kyle Kasky, a coach. Uh, we saw him with the Bengals. 18 years of coach in the NFL or major college football. 11 years with the Bengals. Five seasons as running backs coach. He's coaching high school football now down in Louisiana where he makes his home. Kyle, good morning. How are you on this Monday? Uh, good morning. I'm good. I, I threw a little uh, little thing behind me here just to, you know, remind the people watching us today. So, you know, love I'm it, all about it. the marketing. Thank you very much. Tomorrow night, 9 o'clock, Chatterbox Clicker with Kyle Kasky right here on Chatterbox Sports. Tomorrow night, 9 o'clock. Just go to YouTube and you'll find it there. So, Listen, we've been sitting here today. I've been sitting here today. And, and I know you're going to walk us through some plays and you're going to walk us through some, some good plays the Bengals made. So I tell you what, in the spirit of being positive, let's start with some of the good things you saw yesterday from the Bengals offense. Because I All could right, count them on one hand, but please go ahead. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, uh, Casey, I believe you've got some video here, but I'd say this. Uh, with the Bengals offense, um, uh, you know, the, the problem is they're inconsistent right now. And uh, they, when they're good, they're on and they're good. Now, there was a lot of plays that you saw in the previous week that, that Burrow was making to chase and the back shoulders and the quick passes. And there was a lot of passes yesterday that were behind receivers. Uh, the, the back shoulders were not being thrown correctly. But I'll tell you what, though, man, when he's on, he's on here, though. So... Uh, right here, this is actually a free play. So what they're doing, Seattle jumps off sides here. So they snap the ball. I want you to watch, though, Joe Mixon actually blocks the D end right here. But the, they end up throwing that back shoulder right there to, to Chase. Now, this one, that was a good one. But there were like two or three. One of them, Chase broke off. I, I, I don't know if he was meaning to convert it to a go. And there was another one that I believe, you know, it looked like uh, Burrow was trying to throw a back shoulder and Chase thought he was going over the top. So there was a lot of miscommunication yesterday with that. But this is what Burrow's good at, though. Burrow's good at, at figuring out how to change protections or whatever. But this is a free play. So when he jumps, really, it should be DN. But uh, Joe Mixon does a good job of just getting in the way enough for him to get that playoff. So, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're making up for, you know, obviously the, the issues they're having up front. And then Orlando Brown got hurt yesterday. So that mm -hmm. doesn't help out any. And, um, you know, the kid that came in 
uh, held his own, you know, for what he yeah, could he did. do. But Cody Ford, when, Cody Ford, yeah. But when you but when you have when you have him and Volson next to each other, that that's a that's a little bit of a an issue on the left side right now. If that's what it's going to be, because I mean, obviously Volson is what he is. You kind of bookended him, and now you you know you've got a guy who doesn't have a lot of playing experience coming in behind over to his left, and that could be an issue. But again, you know, you want to talk about you know some positives. I mean, I, I'd love to say something about the run game, but you know, they just they, they couldn't get they couldn't get anything going because. I mean, Seattle plays those those safeties so low in the box, and they just couldn't they couldn't get past the safety level even when they got past the the first level. And uh, you know, there's some times where I think they were mistargeted. And what I mean by that is just like it looked like uh, you know a linebacker ran out with a motion or whatever it is, but a safety came back in, but they didn't recount the safety as being a box player to block on the run. And uh, those guys were unblocked at times. And that, that those are some issues they got to figure out and get cleaned up. Okay, there. I know you have a couple other plays over there, Casey, right? That, that Kyle's yep. going to walk through for us. Okay, please uh, continue on. Yeah. All right, so this is obviously down here. This is the uh, – is it Yoshivas? Is that how you say yes. his name? Yes, yep, yep. I, I, was, I, would, I, I butchered that name big time a couple You're not ago. alone. Um, You're not alone. <laughs> but if you watch this, they're actually running like a they're, – they're running like they're running their duo play. And they were hoping to get him to pop over the, the top of that. Can you rewind that, Casey, to the, to the beginning of that of the play here? You can see they're actually trying to run the they're, – they're showing a run play, and they're trying to pop him over the top. But he gets held right here, and they were just trying to throw that little pop pass. But the good thing is, is watch Burrow just, just stay calm and just kind of just float over. And, again, I think that's something that you didn't see in the first few weeks. And there's no excuse now for, um, you know, what they're doing. So they're trying to show 100% show run here. And they're trying to get him over the top right there. And they kind of had him. It just it took forever because they did hold him off the line. That's what that flag was for. They they called holding on 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 that. That's what that holding got called for. So you know what I liked again, about there, Kyle. Uh, not only the fact that yeah, I, I think so often we overlook a player's IQ in football, right? Mm -hmm. And how vitally important that is. I mean, you've forgotten more about that than I know. But that move uh, by help me with a pronunciation, Casey. Yoshivas. Yoshivas. Okay. The thing, if you look at that play, how many times do we see the wide receiver being in the spot after he was held? So he's sitting there open and recognizing that Burrow's going to have to roll. But they'll go down the back edge of the end zone rather than what yep. he did. He had the awareness to step in front of the defender which gave Burrow a clear, clean lane to throw him the ball. If he just goes to the back of the end zone along the back yeah, line back covered. there, there's no way you get him the ball. Yeah, and I think, too, he understood that this is where you talk about player IQ coming in. He was really the only receiver on that side. I know Mixon was kind of over there, but Mixon was in the blocking scheme and the tight end was in the blocking scheme. But when it was all said and done, he was running over. Usually, if you're the only receiver and you're in a red zone scramble, you do need to go to the front pylon, and then hopefully somebody from the other side is going to the back pylon. So it's all about the spacing of the field. And uh, for him to have that kind of awareness of like, hey, I'm the only guy over here right now, so I do need to do that. You hit it on the head. If he goes to the back of the, if he goes to the back pylon, uh, you know, every, everybody just comes up, you know, just kind of falls in underneath him, and, and you get covered. But he found a way just to get right in front of everybody and. Uh, you know, it's a good play. I think Chase does the same thing. If you watch him, especially last week on the Arizona uh, game, I mean, they they find ways of get, of knowing where they're at. So I think there's some savvy to those guys. Okay, and then we got one more play you want to talk about, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes, okay. Sir. Okay. What is this one? 
So this is actually the uh, touchdown to Tyler Boyd early in the game. So if you watch up top up here, the, they're going to bring two blitzers outside of Orlando Brown. Well, the quarterback's hot up there. Or usually when you're throwing, like Joe Mixon's running a flat, usually he's the hot. But what he's saying here is when you have a blitzer and a free runner, so that, that second guy outside of Orlando Brown is free. There's nobody blocking him. It's five-man protection. That somebody behind there usually, if, if he's if, if he's blitzing, sorry, I got a got a loud uh, got a loud speaker in here. <laughs> Hold on, just a second. That's all right. That's all right. Yeah. You're at school right it now, right? Part. You're in the coach's office right now. Hey. Uh, you know what? Hey, it's it's just part of life right now. But no, that's so right. what I was gonna say is that when 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 he has a when he has a guy that that's that's blitzing and he's free, usually the coverage over there is trying to get over there. So if you watch the coverage here, um, the coverage stays back. The guy covering Tyler Boyd stays back a little bit, and he leaves a he leaves that kind of hole in there. You see, you see how he's, he's back mm -hmm. behind him, and he finds that hole because the guy went to the flat. If if that defender wouldn't have run to the flat with the with the running back. He would have thrown to the running back. But the second that guy took off, that safety took off to the flat, he knew right now I'm going to hit Tyler Boyd right behind him. And that's, again, that's knowing protections. If, he, if, if more quarterbacks would spend more time learning protections, it would open the game up for them tremendously because that's where a lot of your big plays can happen. Most good – I'll tell you this, the great quarterbacks, like when I was with Matthew Stafford, uh, I know they invited, they wanted uh, zero blitz. They wanted hot – they wanted some hot – protections because they if it was hot then they've got people one-on-one -on -one across the border they've got somebody running open that they can get the ball to and it becomes a kickoff return so that was good of burrow knowing that and he did it later in the game too in just a, a normal down situation all right but all right cal now, now we've seen the good okay uh, but uh, now i got to start asking you about really what's going on here and, and, and i'm not saying this to be a wise guy i'm not trying to be funny i'm not trying to be cute no nothing okay but, but, but this team is spending, and I don't know, and I'll, I'll find out today. They have to be spending in the top four or five among all teams in the NFL the most amount of money on their offensive line, okay? Oh. Jonah was a number one pick. He's got this guaranteed deal. He moves over to right tackle. You got free agents uh, at right guard and at center. So you're going to spend a little bit more money there. They got a young player in Bolson, doesn't cost him much. They have the highest paid offensive lineman in football at left tackle. How in the world does this team continue week in and week out, Kyle, to not be able to run the football at all? Only the Raiders <laughs> are averaging fewer rushing yards per game than the Cincinnati Bengals. How is that possible? I think a, I think a question you might want to ask of then the the rushing yardage is look at look at the average per carry and those kind of things because right now they're not they don't even hand the ball off as much as they probably should and you, you go watch any normal team out there that's uh, I say normal any team that's like San I mean go, go look at San Francisco I know they got beat this week but go look at teams like that that are putting up a lot of points go look at Miami the teams that are putting up a lot of points they still run the ball quite a bit their 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 run pass ratio is is a lot more balance than what the Bengals is. The Bengals run pass ratio is usually pretty off balance. And it was, mm -hmm. I mean, it's been that way for a long time. It was kind of that way when I was there a little bit too. And, uh, you know, being a running back coach, I was well aware of it, but it, it again, you've got to be able to, to get a flow going. And, and the thing about the run game, especially in the NFL, if, if you don't get a rhythm going with your linemen and it's just like, yeah, okay, we're going to run the ball here and there. And I mean, it, it's mostly pass protection. You, you, first off, you're getting those guys and, and, on defense, they're just 
penetrate and stay up the field. And when you're when you're getting penetrating linemen, they're rushing the passer half the time. That's hard. You got to you got to get them off balance and make them think you're gonna you know we have to run the ball. It's like to run the ball. It's like play the 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 play action down there on the goal line. I mean, yeah, they, sure they're showing run, but it didn't look like run, you know. And I mean, they they're probably thinking they're gonna pass the ball here anyway. So again, I think it goes more to they've got to want to do it a little bit bit more than they're doing it. I think too is, uh, I mean. Jonah Williams probably isn't playing up to his potential right now and play or playing up to whatever the contract is. Uh, I see him getting beat inside a lot on pass protections, and he's doing the same thing in the run game. Like, pinches are hurting him. Uh, I think the two guys next to him, uh, uh, you know, Karras and uh, – I'm losing my mind here. Um, yeah, uh, Kappa. Garden. Kappa. Kappa. Yeah, Kappa. Kappa. Karras and Kappa. So I, those two, those two guys are actually pretty solid right there. Volson's holding his own as good as he can, but if, if you're going to have a if you're going to have a rotating door over at left tackle with his injury, hopefully it's not bad. Um, I mean that's going to be an, that's going to be a big time issue. So they're going to need to figure out a way to, to to run the ball because if they're just passing the ball all the time and they've got that kind of stuff going on up front, uh, you're opening up a uh, you know a can of worms that you really don't want to open up. Well, you know, we get a lot of people that ask this, and I mentioned you you coach the offensive line in the NFL. You coached running backs in the NFL. Here were the Bengals uh, for a long, long time, longer than a decade. A lot of people ask the question, and, and I'm asking the question. Uh, to me, I'll preface the question by saying, to me, Burrow looks like, I mean, uh, Mixon still looks like he's got some life left in his game, to me. Mm-hmm. Now, there's some other people that are saying, you know, look, uh, see if you can go get P. Ryan. Bring him back. He ran the ball really, really well in this offense last year. Um, give Chase Brown some chances. Give Williams some chances. From what you've seen on tape, would it make any difference who the running back is at this point? I, I think it makes a difference because I think Joe Mixon's way better than all those other guys. And okay. that, that's where you, 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 can't, you, can't go, you can't go blaming him necessarily for running into some, some plays where – there's no chance. I mean, they got to get the play started. And again, yesterday, like I said, there was times where they actually got through the first the first level of defense, the, the linebackers and D-line. And then, you know, there's Adams and, and Diggs sitting there. And it's just kind of, okay, well, if that's the case, then they need to figure out a way to uh, go get that guy blocked with a receiver or an RPO or some, or some form of fashion to get them out of there. You know, but that's why, those, that's why Seattle's been so good is because they have those safeties that can come down and play like linebackers. And they were doing that yesterday, and but again, I, I don't think it's the, J- Joe Mixon still has it. If you go watch Walker for uh, uh, for Seattle from yesterday and some of the things he was doing, Joe Mixon does the same stuff. And everybody thinks Walker's this great back right now. And I mean, but Mixon does the same stuff. It's just they were they were getting him started and giving him a little bit of an edge to to kind of get moving, you know. And if you it's like when anytime you see Joe Mixon catch a you know catch a pass in space, you know, usually he gets pretty good yardage. Yes, he and does. That's that's because he's they've guarded for him. And again, it's it's hard it's hard for a running back when um, you know penetration up on the front line uh, when when that you know kills a play. Uh, there was a play um, you know where he was he was trying to push up in there, and I mean he literally ran. He, he ended up running and it was, it was like old Cedric Benson stuff. And you know God rest his soul. But I mean he used to run into the back of the lineman, but he he would take the lineman with him for another five yards when he ran into the back of him. And that's kind of what he was doing yesterday. He was running some duo plays and. He was, you know, pounding up in there, but then he would just like have to lower his shoulder on the back of his own lineman just to get him to move. And uh, you know, you kind of see that more than you see like holes opening up for him right now. All right, fellas, anything you want to run by Kyle before we let him get out of here today? 
No, I don't have anything. I think he, he um, you know, highlighted some of the things that the Bengals are doing well and, and some of the things that they're not doing well and need to improve on. So I've got no, no questions for Kyle. I'm looking forward to tomorrow's show. Absolutely. Yeah. That'll be a nine o'clock I would say one, one, one last thing real quick about the defense. The defensive line is, is really, really playing at a high level right now. Yeah. And yeah. that's one thing I think, uh, you know, that needs to be highlighted, uh, you know, about what they're doing up front. Now, their secondary still has a couple coverage issues, but I'm telling you, man, that the, those front guys, and I talk about penetration, killing plays. I mean, Sam, uh, Sam Hubbard and Hendrickson are just killing plays right now just because of, and they may not make the play, but they're killing the play. And I just want to make that point that those guys are playing at probably the highest level I've seen them play at. I, I agree. I, I thought yesterday, and look, there might be other games statistically where he played better, but I thought you, I, I think you could make an argument that Sam Hubbard, that might have been his best game in the last two years yesterday. Yeah, and again, stats don't matter necessarily yeah. when you're talking about these things. I mean, they, they're creating havoc that are that's creating other guys' stats. But that's the thing that, as a, as a offensive coach, there's times like you know, like Aaron Donald doesn't make every play when you play him. JJ Watt didn't make every play. TJ Watt doesn't make every play. But I'll tell you what, though, they're they are game wreckers that will screw up everything else. So they may not get the stats that you're seeing, but they're sure they're they're, they're the ones that are you know, making it happen over on their side of the ball. And I think those two ends right now are, are really taking over that defense. No doubt about it. Kyle, we thank you so much for your time, my friend. How, how, how'd you guys do over the weekend? Oh, man, we, we played the number four team in the state, and uh, we uh, fumbled the ball twice, and we lost uh, 21 to 14. So, Ooh, ooh uh, that's a tough one. Yeah, tough had, one. A, had a rough. I'm sorry, we lost 14 to 7. So, I was 14 to 7. We, we lost by 7. But it was like a – it, it was it was a rough it was a rough go. We we were moving the ball twice and just uh, can't fumble the ball, man. Got hit from behind. Mm. All right. Well, good luck this week. All right. Appreciate y'all. All right. Tomorrow night, nine o'clock. You see it there, right behind him. Chatterbox Clicker with Kyle Kasky. That'll be at nine o'clock Eastern time tomorrow night. A lot of people love that show that are in the chat. They watch it all the time, and, and everybody's saying you can really learn a lot of football. And it really interest. It is interesting to. To, for guys that are coaches that spend so much time with that clicker stuff and the little things of football you can learn. Yeah, when, you know, so much of us that, that didn't play football and, and, and no one in this room really played football. Me and Casey played like in junior high and stuff like that. But no, you, you, you watch the sport, right? But you don't understand the sport until someone with knowledge really breaks down what's going on, breaks down blocking schemes, breaks down what you know different defensive guys are trying to do and tom you got a lot of that when you would talk to coaches when you're yeah. when you're broadcast i mean they, they would under, sometimes they'd walk you through hey this is what we're trying to do and and getting the uh, 9 p.m tomorrow if you if you want to get a deeper understanding of the game or why the Bengals defensive line is playing so well why the the secondary is playing so well and why the offense is stuttering at certain moments you get a better understanding, and Kyle does a really, really nice job at breaking down the game and, and why we were successful in some things and not successful in others. Yeah, I, I, I agree completely. I, and by the way, I played, if, if, if it shocks anybody, I didn't play a lick of downs in any <laughs> football capacity whatsoever. I was way too short growing up, so I had, I had no football genes in me. Uh, but as many people know around the city here, I was uh, an all-city tennis player. So He was good. He's can't good. speak to football. I can speak to tennis, though. Tom, did you ever play football growing up? Played it growing up until high school. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And you switched over to soccer, right? Switched over to soccer at that so point. So you didn't play soccer until high school? I played both, yeah. You could get away with playing both in okay. those days. Yeah, you could get away uh, with playing both. And um, I wasn't any good at either one of them. But I, I loved playing football. I played center. You played center? Center. I loved it. I mean, absolutely loved it. 
I mean, that's yeah, where your, your genes catch up with you, you know what I mean? And, and then all of a sudden you're not so big anymore and the guys are getting big. And, mm-hmm. and, but, man, I loved every second of it. You were in the play of every play. Yeah. Tom, were you a glass eater? No, I, I wasn't good at anything. If that's a complimentary <laughs> term, yes. then the answer would be uh, not a chance. But I loved it. I loved it. Loved it. Loved when that nose tackled line up right against you, man. And That's why you got that edge to you, Tom. No, you got, you know, I mean, our, our son's the same way. I mean, he was always a goalie, you know, always mm-hmm. that guy you want to be right in the middle of all of it. So it's fun stuff. Jacob says he wants to line up uh, as a pass rusher against you when he comes back. In no, town. he doesn't. Yeah. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. <laughs> it's Jacob's He's birthday. He's bigger. Today. I'm quicker. He's younger. I'm, I'm more of the Jason Kelsey savvy type. Uh, oh, technician. Just let him beat himself. Technician. By the way, I think today, I think today is Jacob's birthday. It is. It is. It, it is. is. So happy birthday. Happy birthday, Jacob. Happy birthday, Jacob. Leader of men. Down in Alabama. Turning that ship around. Tell you what, don't sleep on Alabama. They looked horrible. Yeah, I know they did. They were leading 24-6, <laughs> to six and they held off Arkansas, but don't sleep on them. This quarterback is starting to get better and better. Milrow. I mean, you never know. In that West, you know, LSU, the fighting Brian Kellys, as we call them here. Yeah, some of us do. Not me. He doesn't you like wish Brian you Kelly. wish he was back here. I don't wish Brian yes, Kelly was do. anywhere yes, near Yes, you here. do. If you I, right now could magically just all of a sudden, you know, kind of like Moses, cast your staff <laughs> to the feet of Pharaoh. <laughs> Right? No. And I, say, I have a chance to get Brian Kelly back as a head coach at UC. You take him in a heartbeat. Nope. Oh, nope. my God. Satterfield's oh the guy. My would you, God. Would you Please tell have me Satterfield, you're not saying listen, no. Listen. Oh, my God. Satterfield <laughs> had a tough weekend. Both of his teams lost. Louisville lost. Everybody knows Louisville, is, two teams. Louisville is the team that Satterfield built. That whole roster is Satterfield. He's, he's talking to the coach on the sideline while he's coaching us. He's coaching them at the same time. He had, a tough, he had a tough go. He had a tough go. To his credit, Emory Jones looks like one of the worst quarterbacks in the history of the sport. Still a Heisman candidate. Still, Still a Heisman, Heisman candidate. candidate. <laughs> he's in the back end now. He's, he's transitioned from top three to maybe bottom 200. But – it's still he's certainly still on the list, right? You would still have to give him the list. He was benched. Uh, I, I th- I've never heard of the backup before. His name was Brady Lichtenberg. So shout out to Brady Lichtenberg. Toledo. Is that a Toledo guy? I think he's Perrysburg. Yeah. How about that? Perrysburg. Uh, UC looks bad. I'm not. I mean, I I don't I don't know if we transitioned from I don't want Brian. That's Kelly totally here. fine. Because well, UC UC looks atrocious. And here's the thing: everybody's freaking out on X.com. Fire Satterfields. Fire Satterfield. It's his first year. It's a roster turnover. Everybody knew this was going to be a bad year. They weren't winning the Big 12 this year. Everybody calmed down. Satterfield's going to be fine. He's got a, he's got a little bit of a leash. If if now if he loses out, if it's straight up catastrophe for the rest of the season, I'll be a little concerned. I'd like them to win a couple games here. But right now, it's everybody's in panic mode. Don't panic. Everybody knew this was going to be a bad year. If we miss a bowl, if we miss the Idaho Potato Bowl, I don't care. I really don't. I just don't care that much. So They're we're gonna be okay to next year. We're gonna we're, we're, we're punting on this season. We're on to next season. All can right. I, can, can, before we move on, can I ask you? You said you don't want Brian Kelly. Yeah. Would you oh rather have Brian Kelly, Luke Fickle, 
or the guy that was like begging to be be the head coach here, Deion Sanders, and and UC just turned him down. What a horrible bit that is. Can, you can yeah. have one. Who are you taking? Uh, you I'm taking. taking I'd like not Deion. even close who you're taking. I'd like Deion Sanders. Uh, so that's not who bad. you were taking. Hell yeah. I want I Deion love Sanders. Deion, but come on, Brian Kelly. I think I take that guy. We didn't talk about. We didn't, goes we didn't talk winner. about. We didn't talk about that game. Was that the most atrocious performance you've ever seen in the second half? Are we done with De- the Dion stuff for the year? The, Colora- the Colorado hype? Now, somebody said in the chat today, and I don't know if this is true, so I'm going to ask you guys, and I only want your answer if you know definitively if okay. this is true. Okay? Because okay. if it's not, I want to completely ignore it. Somebody said in the chat, that Shadur Sanders was posting stuff on social media at halftime of that game. Is that true or so it's, false? I believe it's true, but I believe... You believe it's true? I believe it's true, but here's the thing with that. I believe there's people who run those accounts, right? It's not... It's So Chatterbox Sports, there's not some guy named Chatterbox doing it. It's one of us running those accounts. The same way these celebrities have a social media manager. Probably has a marketing, yeah. So marketing somebody team. was probably... And by the way, they shouldn't have been doing it. Whoever was responsible for it, should have known better to do it. Uh, but, yeah, I don't believe it was Shador Sanders tweeting. If it was him, <laughs> that's tough. I believe in Jacob. Jacob said it's confirmed. It's confirmed that it wasn't yeah. him? J- Jacob, Jacob, no, saying that he was that, – that the tweets were legit. It's somebody. But, no, I know. Some, I know someone posted. No, no, no. His yeah, account they, posted. Yeah. We don't know who posted them. It, says, it's, it was his personal Instagram. Hmm. So, so there's no doubt there's somebody running that for the whole Sanders club. I would think somebody's so. probably yeah, making probably. a lot of money running it for Dion and Shadur. He's I a hell of a player. So. He is. He's very. He's very. Good. He's damn good. But I, I, I. So again, I watched that whole game Friday night. Colorado games are fun because they never end until three thirty in the morning. That's right. Uh, but we were watching the game. My buddies and I were playing poker. We were watching that game. It was twenty nine nothing at the half, and we're like, all right. Just for fun, should we just put a, sprinkle a little money on Stanford? Should we just sprinkle a little bit? And we're like, nah, nah, Dion's gonna win this game by sixty. Sure enough, they blew it. Colorado hype is dead. So yeah, I just I'm done with it, Tom. I don't I I, I get why. Listen, he's he, he's such a popular figure. He he's obviously great on TV. He, he's a great human being. Deion Sanders is. But man, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the the Colorado hype. I don't. I never got it. I never understood why we were doing this. And and hopefully it's done. Hopefully it's done at least for this year. I have a hot take. Let's hear it. I think UC would be undefeated right now if Dion was in running the program. That's, prob- that's probably that's probably true. Really and it's, and well, it's- Shadur Sanders would be the quarterback. Well, yeah. let's start with that. Let's start with that. And then you have Travis Hunter. Yeah, Emory Jones was going to be the quarterback. I still can't believe that UC just turned down Dion. Dion was like begging for the job. And, this is and such a bad shtick that Trace is get... elected. Uh, Deion Sanders was never going to be a part of the University of Cincinnati. And the fact anybody true, who though. believes that right. is nonsensical. Bet he was on his hands and knees begging. To be John a UC Bearcat. Yeah, that sounds like Dion. He, he that sounds really, like Dion begging really for a job. He wanted to be a Bearcat. He was a bread. He wanted to be a Bengal. They turned him down. UC was just slapped him in the – just Cincinnati in general was just slapped him in the face. Should we let Dion be the coach of the or the manager of the Reds? Ooh. I would love that. Some are honestly. saying. Some I would love saying. that. Dion's a people guy. He, there's no doubt about that. He he cut every kid at Colorado. He cut him off the program. He's what? bringing Louie. Like, he's know, bringing I- Louie. He said he was bringing Louis Vuitton. He brought him, 
And now they just blown a 29 nothing. Well, look, to, uh, all I know Ocho. is is they got eyeballs on him, okay? <laughs> and you got to create your brand. And yeah. that's what Dion's doing. Now, you can say, I'm sick of it. As you have said, Reed, you're sick of it. I'm but the it. bottom line is he is branding this thing as a place you want to be and go play. Is that going on at UC? Not a chance. Is that going on a lot of places that may have thought about hiring Deion Sanders? Is it going on at Wisconsin right now? Not a chance. Deion, whether you like the, the, the whole thing or not, he is building a brand at Colorado football where everybody and his brother, who would not even consider a visit to Colorado, recruiting visit, over the last 20 years, all the kids are going to take that trip. They're going to take the trip. They might commit somewhere else, but they also might commit to, to Colorado. I mean, what these, this guy's doing is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Okay, that's fair. Can we stop talking about him for this year, though? Like, like I, I'm fine. Everything you said is true. And, and I truly believe that Colorado, it, it couldn't be much worse, but it's truly going to be one of the, the, the premier, at least – eyeballs at least the most interesting football yeah. programs for the next decade yes but can we stop talking about them this year we'll, we'll get back it's a story well you know the chapter's done close the book we'll get back to them next year when they're exciting again but i'm tired of this bull junk over in colorado okay all, all right. right okay but i but, but but it still doesn't negate the fact of what is going on at uc no i mean they, elliot look you say whatever you would say Th this is not good i mean this is not good They've got some talented players on that team now. Uh, listen. All right, but here's a question I want to ask you, because you've already addressed this, but I want to ask you very sincerely this. Yeah. Okay? All right. You've lost four straight. Emory Jones is in his last year of eligibility. Right? Six. Okay. He, he's transferred three times. He went from Florida to Arizona State, now to UC. Okay? Um, they have... It's my understanding some very talented young quarterbacks in that stable that they brought in there. Yes, they do. Would you consider right now making a change at quarterback? No, I, I don't. I don't. I mean, giving them giving those guys reps would certainly help. The season's a wash, but so. the season's dead. So, so, I, so yeah, why not? So why? Why wouldn't you make that? That's a why I asked a decision. Yeah. If you're looking at it like it's a lost yeah, season, and maybe you're not looking at it like it's a lost season. It is. But if, all right. Well, then why wouldn't you make a change? Yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly not working with Emory Jones. So if you're trying to, if your goal is to win football games, uh, then yeah, maybe you should, maybe you should look to move him because it, he just hasn't been good. He was overthrowing every, every receiver we had on Saturday. Iowa State's not a good football team, guys. Iowa State's not a good football team. We can say whatever we want. Big 12, it's a competitive it's a competitive conference. I get it. It's a major upgrade from where UC was last year in the American. But Iowa State is a beatable football team and they were just boat raced. Boat raced. Emory Jones didn't look good. I'm looking at it here. Emory Jones was 14 for 26, 96 yards. Yeah. A touchdown and two picks. So yeah, I at this point sure. Give 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 everybody some reps. Give Bench Emory Jones, his time's done. Still a Heisman front runner, obviously. He's probably ranked you know, 250th, but it, he is, he is in, he's on the list. But give it a rest. He's done. Season's over for Emory Jones. I thank him for his service. It's not working out. Very sorry about it. 
I guess I would agree with you. I guess if the season's a wash, then, then let everybody else play. But this is a disaster. <laughs> I expected We knew that. this year was going to be bad. I did. Yeah, I, I knew, knew it was, it was four and a half. What are we it, talking I about? Did. I did. I All did. right, look, I'm not jumping on the Satterfield uh, running out of town bandwagon. No, I'm you not. can't be. You okay? can't be. I'm not at all. I'm not. But does it trouble you at all that here he walks in after they had a decent team last year? They weren't great last year in Luke Fickle's final season, mm-hmm. right? And they were in a very different conference. Yep. As far as competition is concerned, no two ways about that. But Brom replaced Satterfield in Louisville. You had them, if I recall correctly, ranked number five in the nation last week. Yeah, it was Satterfield. Which we'll team. readdress that tomorrow, by the yeah. way. After, after but, a loss, they, they're probably down to six. Yeah, they're down to six. But again, the fact is, somebody's walked into that program and had them rank 14th in the country. I was against undefeated. Sa- I was Beat Notre Dame. I was against the Satterfield hire from the beginning. I think mm-hmm. most of the fan base was. It was an uninspiring hire. Deion Sanders uh, again, the hype around him, the 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 hoopla around him, whatever you want to say. Yeah, he does bring good. he does bring an energy about him. Yep. He, he is a, he is a team guy. He's going to get the people fired up. He's going to get the fan base fired up. Uh, he's going to make you like football. He's going to make you like enjoying to watch football. Satterfield's not that guy. Louisville hated him. The, the fans at Louisville wanted him gone. He came here. I didn't like the hire. So far, it's not working out. And, and I think you're seeing that on Twitter. It's, it's very vocal on Twitter because, again, I would say there was maybe 1% of the fan base that was like, yeah, this is a good hire. We like Scott Satterfield. Nobody, nobody said that. So that's what you're seeing now. It's a lot of vitriol. It's a lot of hate towards Scott Satterfield. Uh, I, I'm, you know, it, this, is, this is the situation he's in. I'm hoping his recruiting class gets better. You're in the Big 12. I expect better recruits. We're going to have to start paying guys with the NIL stuff. Next year, next year we're going to improve. I expect a seven-win season next year, and after that we'll go from there. If, if he tanks out the rest of this year, if we finish with three wins, uh, and next year we, we have four wins, it's, it's, it's done. He would be done at that point. UC still has to play Baylor, yeah, they, uh, Oklahoma State. Yeah, tough. UCF, Houston, West Virginia, Kansas. They still have an opportunity to sneak some wins out from from West Virginia and and Kansas, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the issue is, though, they haven't been beating – I mean, they haven't even been close to beating beatable teams. BYU, as much as they were in that game, BYU, I mean – Dominated. Yeah, it was twenty-eight to thirteen. Yeah, and, and and BYU got massacred, massacred over the weekend by TCU, who made a change at quarterback for the first time this year, and they put up fifty points on BYU. Yeah, and losing to Miami, Ohio at home is, was the was the straw that broke the camel's back. So I, losing no matter what happened, bell? no matter what, losing the victory, losing bell? the victory bell for the first time in three thousand years right. was was a tough one to swallow. I, it surely was. No matter what happened the rest of the year, looking back at that loss, it was just an embarrassment. So we've, we've, we've lost four in a row. You just got to keep fighting until the end at this point. Just did, fight until the end. Hopefully you, you, you cash the win total over, which, again, is five wins. You did get a transitive win this weekend, though. UC beat Pitt. Pitt beat Louisville. It's a transitive win. You take that it's one to the bank. Win. <laughs> you know That's what? a transitive you guys, win, Tom. It, it, you, know, win. you guys or you remind me of uh, Casey when it comes you? to UC. <laughs> Casey with the Bengals. Tyreek Hill, our fourth option. <laughs> I, think, I, think we, I think we debunked the fourth <laughs> option thing, Tom. I think Tyreek Hill would it's be like our sixth. sixth. He's the sixth option. He's the sixth option. And, I forgot. Again, I mean, we're also <laughs> excluding like Charlie Jones, who's he's hurt. He's That's hurt. right. Uh, maybe he would be seven. Comes back seven. He, he's got a bad hand. Is that right? 
Charlie like Jones. I have I'm pretty I, sure I, that's what it is. It's a hand injury. Hmm. Hand out, needle in. Get on the field. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, what else happened in the what else happened in the NFL? <laughs> what else happened in the NFL? Let's that, talk about the Browns for a second. Yeah. I think we've kind of glossed over the Browns a little well, bit. Well, that's because all you do is badmouth them all the time. That's the reason why we don't talk more about the Browns mean? on the show because as you guys know, I have defended the city of Cleveland. Oh, yeah. I have said it as some of the most beautiful suburbs of well, that's your in America. Fault. And I have defended the Brownies. I mean, that sounds like a losing battle because, I mean, they, they still are pretty nauseating in all yeah, honesty. They, smell, they, they, they win against a bad. team that lost their they two best offensive the players. They lost their top left tackle. They beat a quarterback and, who had never lost a game in the regular season. 10-0. Tom's Tom, they're acting, they, they're, they're, they're acting like they won the Super Bowl, though. They lo- they barely beat a team that lost their two best offensive stars, their be- one of the best left tackles in all football, and it came down to a missed field goal. You, you want Come to take, on. You want to take about the Browns, all jokes aside about the, the nauseating and they stink and everything like that? Here's a take about the, the Cleveland Browns that I feel strongly about. The Cleveland Browns are a better version of of the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, I disagree. I, I think that what, what do the Dallas Cowboys do well? They've got a great defense. They've got a great defense, but they have the Browns the, have a better defense. They yeah, both but, have, that, but that, the Cowboys have had true. a good quarterback. He may not be a Super Bowl winning quarterback, but the Brownies haven't had anybody. I think Deshaun Watt. I think they're both limited quarterbacks. I think Deshaun Watson is not as good as Dak, but I think they're both in the same ballpark of game managers and just. Middle of the pack quarterbacks. I, I don't believe. I mean, Dak always always shrinks in big games. I think that the Cleveland Browns are a better version of the Dallas Cowboys. I think they run the ball better. I think they play better defense. And I think the only thing that they might be worse than the Dallas Cowboys is I think they take a slight step down in quarterback play. Other than that, I think they do everything that the that the Cowboys do, but better. The only thing that the Cowboys have is they play in a in an inferior conference in the NFC, and I think the AFC North is the best conference in the league. Yeah, I disagree. I just I think the Cowboys are a, a far better team, far better. I, I Dak Prescott has looked bad this season. Dak Prescott for the mo- and we can all joke about Dak Prescott. We can joke about that that drive he had when he couldn't get to the ball in time. Whatever playoff game that was, he, he completed or he ran over the middle with ten seconds left, ended their playoffs, their ended, ended their season in the playoffs. All the silly things Dak Prescott's done, he's still been a top 10 quarterback in the National Football League what? for his entire career. That's Dak Prescott has been a top yes, 10 Yes, he has. And that's not, that's not like a debate. That's just a fact. Statistically, he has Yes, been. that's right. I mean, we can say hyperbole. Well, but Deshaun it. Watson was before he got right, to Right, yeah, Deshaun Watson's the but same. He, yeah, the same no, 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 but it's not nearly the same thing because Deshaun Watson has not looked like himself in Cleveland. I as, agree. He has, I, been, he has right. been a bottom five right. quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Right. And that's and that's the part where I look at I look at them and I say I can't picture Deshaun Watson, lover of masseuses. I can't picture him holding up the Lombardi hey, Trophy. Hey. I can't picture it. You can't picture him what holding up the Lombardi Trophy. I can't I can't picture that team. I can't picture Deshaun Watson. Anybody can you in the picture Browns. Dak Prescott? I can. No. I, I think I could. No, I, th- no, I, I can. Not I could a chance. chance. No chance. I think Deshaun Watson is not a great guy, and I and I I, I don't love him at all. And I, th- I think his quarterback play, unfortunately, has been bad. So. Read the super chat. Elliot. We got a super chat. I'll, I'll read it to you, Elliot. Swaggy plague. Yeah, four nine five dollar super chat. Purdy is the Elliot of the National Football League. <laughs> He's a pretty boy surrounded by talent. So I'm pretty. 
Thank you. That's what, that's what, what I took from that. That's what I took from that. Is, that. that is the main takeaway. That's a good great chat. That's great good. super chat, Swaggy. Whatever. I Swaggy, that was mean, but I'm I'm gonna get over it. What I'm was gonna, mean about it? He, he called paid you, you a night. Paid, are you kidding? He compared you to Brock Purdy. I mean, there are a lot worse people that you can be compared to, right? He didn't compare you to Deshaun Watson. Thank God. Okay. Thank God. (laughs) Thank God, Tom. He compared you to Brock Purdy, who was undefeated, a man who was literally the last Mr. Irreverent. Yeah. Right? The last choice. Or is it Mr. Irrelevant? Irrelevant. All right, relevant. So he is the last guy taken, <laughs> takes over as the starter, goes undefeated, and he's comparing you to him, and you're taking that in a negative way? What the hell are you laughing at? Somebody in the chat. I, I won't repeat it. Uh, I won't re- you can look at it if you want, Tom. But they gave Reed a comparison, too. Uh, I'm not going to repeat that one out loud. But listen. Are you talking about Harrow? Yeah. <laughs> listen. We're not going there. No, I'm not going there. Listen. Brock Purdy I, Brock, Brock Purdy is a, is, is a fine quarterback. But, again, he's another one. He's going to prove Reed and I's point that you have to have a good quarterback in this league but, to win a Super Bowl. But he, he drove his team down to field goal range. Like, he, he got them in a position to win. Sure, he did. Like, I think that's the most important thing is – the win column when it comes to some of these quarterbacks. Yes, he had he had a lot of stats to prove my point, but I know he didn't play great this last week, but that is literally a historic defense right now. It is a, 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 a unprecedented sort of record that they're going on. A thousand yards within six weeks. That's two hundred yards, a, a, like less than two hundred yards a game, right? Yeah. I mean, that's impressive. Yeah, it's a great defense. I mean, that's that's why I think they're, the, defense. they're a better version of the Dallas Cowboys. I, I truly believe that. Tom, I got another thing that I wanted to bring up. I saw yes. a lot of people talking about this on X.com, and I want to hear your opinion. Yep. There was a, um, a GM, a quote from a GM, they didn't release who it was, that they said that Caleb Williams, if he was in the same draft class as Trevor Lawrence and or Joe Burrow, would still go number one. Yeah, in I saw that. Do you believe that to be true, or do, are you pushing back on that? That if Caleb Williams was in Trevor Lawrence's draft class, if Trevor Lawrence was in Joe Burrow's draft class, that he wouldn't go number one? Look, if you're talking about, if you just look at the tools of the players, okay, I think we all agree all three of those guys can really throw the football, right. okay? I think it's fa- fair to say Williams, without question has the best arm strength of that trio yeah without a doubt yeah he is also now trevor lawrence was a hell of a runner in in college people forget that Mm -hmm. he can really run he can't run like williams can run williams can run burrow was was when he picked his spots right he's made a lot of big runs for this franchise uh burrow was a two-year starter he had to transfer to become a starter at lsu right now, Lawrence was a three-year starter at Clemson, mm-hmm. okay? If Caleb Williams were to come back one more year, he would be a three-year starter at USC, okay? Yeah. So you're talking yeah. about big-time programs, all right. three Correct. guys, right? Correct. I, I, look, I, Burrow had, without question, I don't even think it's debatable, he had the greatest single season of any college quarterback of all time, the year statistically that LSU won the national championship. But – 
Um, do I think Williams at the end of the day, if all three were coming out of the draft? Absolutely, I think Williams would be the first pick. I agree. Every all these Bengals fans were were upset at this. Thing. Why would they be upset? What is I, it? I mean, it's all is it something right? because because somebody thinks that there's a more talented guy when he was 20 years old than your quarterback now in the pros? How in the why in the world would Bengals fans? Be upset by that. I, I, I'm i right there with you, Tom. And I even see some people going, yeah, Caleb might have been drafted over Trevor Lawrence, but not Joe Burrow. Listen, if all three of these quarterbacks were in the same draft class, I truly believe it would go Caleb Williams, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow would be the third guy, despite the year that he had. He I don't know if I'd have t- I don't know if I'd have put Lawrence over him. Well, here's but the thing. They, they have more physical talent. Caleb Williams and Trevor Lawrence, and I know that's not the end-all, be-all because we see what physical talent gets you sometimes in the NFL and, and the guys like uh, uh, Zach Wilson was, was impressive, all these guys that are, are physically gifted and, and haven't panned out. But I think that we are looking at Caleb Williams and Trevor Lawrence are two of the most hyped. The second that we saw them start playing, we're like, these, this is the number one pick in the draft. We didn't see that, say that about Joe Burrow till really the end of, his, uh, end of that year. We were watching Joe Burrow, and he's having this incredible year. The LSU Tigers are whooping up on all these ranked teams. I think they had eight ranked wins that year. And we didn't start saying this is the number one pick in the draft till around the end of the year, till around the college football playoff when he really started to cement it. Trevor Lawrence and Caleb Williams, they're the first pick of the draft really since the start of their freshman year. We know that. And out of the, the, the best prospects to come out of my lifetime, I don't think Caleb Williams goes ahead of Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, I still think, is the best prospect to come out in my lifetime. But other than that, it would go Andrew Luck, Caleb Williams, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow. I, as good as Joe Burrow's been, I love Joe Burrow. He's my guy. He's my quarterback. He had one good year in college. He had one good season. And I, and I, and I get that, that maybe that's all you need. But the year before that, he played a full season, was nothing to write home about. He had 16 touchdowns, five picks. He, he, his completion percentage that year was 57%. And the other two years, he just didn't play. He was a freshman. He was a sophomore. So he had two, two full seasons in college. One of them was significantly below average. And the other one was, it, granted, it was probably the best season a, a quarterback's had in college. No doubt about it. But... But he's had one good season. In, he had one good season in college. So if this is the if this if this debate is solely on their college careers, Joe, Bur- right. Joe Burrow would go last, and that's and that sucks. Trevor Lawrence had, has had a significantly better college career. That's I mean that's right. I'm not right. wrong right. in that. No doubt. Caleb Williams again, same thing. I think he's significantly more talented uh, based on his college feet, um, his college accolades. So, yeah, I, I would think Joe Burrow would definitely go last. And look, there's uh, look. a chance at Williams that his numbers are not going to come close to last year because, I mean, anybody who's watched this coming, and, and we've talked about it on this show, you could watch this SC team from the start of the year. They were playing San Jose State and some of these teams, and, and he's running for his life. This offensive line he's playing in front of at SC is, is not even average. It is below average. And he got killed against Notre Dame the other day. Yeah. Notre Dame couldn't get near. Ohio State's offensive line isn't all that great. And the Notre Dame defensive line couldn't get anywhere near Kyle McCord. I mean, every time Williams is catching the ball out of shotgun, he's running for his life. I mean, I, I'm going to push back just a little bit just to play the other side. Let's just, just, let's just look at Joe Burrow's draft class already. It was Tua. It was loaded, Tua, yeah. Tua was a... 
a great quarterback for Alabama. Two, had two, many great seasons. Two was hyped as a number one. Justin pick Justin Herbert him. had number one type hype around him before those two guys were really put in the picture. For you guys to sit there and say that Trevor Lawrence would be ahead of Joe Burrow, I, I would push back on that. Same with Caleb Williams. I just it depends on who's picking, right? Because the Bengals clearly, the Bengals clearly picked Joe Burrow because of that one season. If 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 it was any other team, like we don't know what what they valued more. Do they value the the other years consistently? Like, you know, like it, if you look back on it, if Joe Burrow were to have failed as a Bengal, it would have been one of the worst decisions that they could have possibly made. Right, because all the other quarterbacks were good. But yeah, Casey, it's. Here's the thing, and and I think Drew Garrison put this in the chat, and that's the point. This is why talk radio is is so great sometimes because we'll never know the answer to this. This is Mm -hmm. all a hypothetical game. But I I truly believe that if Trevor Lawrence came out in the same class as Joe Burrow, we wouldn't have even had a discussion. I don't don't think we would have even debated who we were drafting. It would be Trevor Lawrence because after Trevor Lawrence's freshman year at Clemson, he was the number one pick. We knew whenever he was going to come out, Trevor Lawrence is the number one pick. And that's what happened. And it's the same thing with Caleb Williams. We saw him play last year, and they said, all right, whenever Caleb Williams wants to come out, he's the number one pick. Joe Burrow wasn't the number one pick until the college football playoff. He wasn't the number one pick until week 12 of that year because we we just didn't see enough of him. And and you could say, yeah, he had that great year. It might have changed the decision. No, it wouldn't have. If all these guys came out, it would go – I, Caleb Williams, Trevor Lawrence is a harder decision, but I still think that Joe Burrow would go third. Jolly Jolly brings up a great point to tie a ribbon around this discussion because you're right, we're never going to know. Those same NFL executives were the guys who picked Brock Purdy the last pick in the draft. So, fair enough. Right? That's fair. I That's mean, fair. and, and we've talked Brady. about this many times. Brian Billick, who will have back on the program here coming up soon – um, uh, he, he wrote a chapter in, in one of his books about it. Drafting a quarterback with a top pick. It's a 50-50 proposition. I mean, all I heard this offseason, all I heard was Bryce Young, Bryce Young, Bryce Young. Nobody got raked over the coals leading up to the draft more than C.J. Stroud. How we looking? How we looking? They, First interception Stroud threw yesterday of his career longest ever in the history of the NFL to start a career without throwing a pick he rallies to throw two touchdown passes and the Houston Texans have the same record as the Bengals yeah did he get that pick back did they fumble that the interception is that what I saw I didn't. Watch I, I didn't. I wasn't able to watch the game. I'm, I'm, uh, now I have to look it up. Somebody in the chat can tell me. But I'm, pre- did, I'm pretty sure he threw the interception. They fumbled it, and then they got the ball back. I'm almost. I'm not right. Yeah, all- yeah that, that is what happened. So I, that, it's just wild. That's wild. Stroud. Stroud's been good. Stroud's been damn good. Far and away the best quarterback out of that class. Uh, he's shown it. The Texans, who many people, including myself, ruled dead before the season, they have life. They now have life. The yeah. AFC South is going to be – it's going to be – that's going to be a fun division towards the end of the it year. It is going to be fun. Yep. Because all the teams – I don't think any any of those teams, 
maybe except a, a, a great run from the Jaguars or series contenders in the AFC, but they all, you could see any one of these teams at this point winning that division. No doubt. You truly could. No so doubt. It's going to be a fun division. And that, that makes it fun. It's kind of like the, the, the this division the Bengals are in. I think you can make an argument. Now, I might have a harder time selling the Steelers. Uh, that's fair. Okay. I, you can see the I Steelers might have a hard time. Yeah. But you can't see them winning the division. I, I mean, but, I mean, they're the only undefeated team inside the division. That's, that's fair. Uh, that's you know, fair. so, I mean, look, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's going to be a fun division to watch. I, I tell you the division that's a highly competitive division that I don't think is very fun to watch, and it's always been one of the most entertaining divisions to watch when the divisional teams play. And I've done a ton of their games in the past. You, you go look at the NFC South. Mm-hmm. When those two teams, when those teams play against one another, it is some of the most entertaining football over the last decade and a half, right? And and they're normally very good games. Now Carolina hasn't won a game, but but the NFC South is awful. Tampa Bay's got a good defense. Baker's been pretty good, but brutal. I think that AFC South is a more fun division to watch this year. That's that's fair. You know what's crazy is both out of those eight teams, out of those two divisions, only two of them have a have a under five hundred yeah. record. Which, but you're right about the NFC South about how it's 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 not fun football to watch. You get you get you get the Saints on the Falcons, and that doesn't that doesn't move the needle. Is the NFC South one of the more slept on divisions over the past like decade? Well, it has been. It has been. They've had great success. They've had a number of Super Bowl champions come out of there. Right. I mean, so, yeah, they, they do, but they're not in the quote-unquote big markets and all that kind of thing. Um, all right, it's 11.50. What do we have to get to left in the show today? I think the only segment we have left is a cherry on top. But other than that, I'm not sure. Okay, we haven't what? talked about baseball. We'll go ahead, Casey. No, let's talk about baseball. We haven't talked baseball yet. We haven't talked baseball. Look, I know you guys get, you, you get mad at me. The Reds could have made a deal for a pitcher. Said it at the time. You weren't going to have to give up much. You telling me that the Jordan Montgomery or a couple of these other guys out there would not have potentially made a difference in the Reds getting into the postseason. And then once you get in, who thought the Diamondbacks would be undefeated right now? 5-0. and Sweep the Brewers two straight. Sweep the mighty Dodgers three straight. Once you get in, anything can happen. If you had Jordan Montgomery and maybe a hot Hunter Green, would you take your chances with that group? I'd take my chances with that group. But we're never going to know, so why sit here and beat a dead horse? The thing that killed the Reds was the offense. The offense went it did. away. It the did. offense went away for a month. Despite the pitching, and yeah, the, the Reds pitching, starting pitching wasn't good either this year, statistically. The, the offense going to sleep for a month and a half killed this season. So I, I, I get, I understand your point. If yeah, if you got, if you had a starting pitcher, so we're not throwing out Connor Phillips uh, in an elimination game against the the who was it uh, the Cardinals to end your season. He gave up ten runs in one inning or whatever it was. No, he didn't get an out. So I, yeah. So would I have liked to have a better pitcher in that spot? Yeah, sure, I would have. But to get up into that point. It was the offense going to sleep. Ellie De La Cruz turned into one of the – people aren't going to like what I say. People don't like what he said. People aren't going to like what I said. Ellie De La Cruz statistically 
And this is, again, I, I love Ellie De La Cruz. I have to preface that so I don't get bombarded by angry fans. Statistically, he was one of the worst players, not on the team, but in Major League Baseball for that stretch of time. And I listen, it's the truth. His strikeout percentage was through the roof. Right-handed, he can't swing a bat. His power went way down. His extra base hits went way down. Yeah, his, his stolen bases went way, went, went way down. His defense at shortstop went way down. He committed, I think he committed like 18 errors this year. I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he committed a ton of errors. Ellie De La Cruz offensively went to sleep. You couldn't trust him anymore. Matt McClain got hurt. That was a large part of the part of the reason. So, so offensively, the team team just died. So that's the reason. If you want to argue we could have gotten another bat, at that point, I would have argued that we wouldn't need another bat because our offense up until the trade deadline was good. So that's my only that's my only counter. Okay. And I get your point. I understand okay. it completely. Okay. But and, and to your credit, I think the Reds are just as good as the Diamondbacks. I do believe that. So a fully healthy Reds team, this 2023 Reds team, I think they could have made noise in the postseason. I think they're surely better than the Marlins, I think talent-wise. So, yeah, I, I, unequivocally, somebody would have helped the Reds team at the deadline. Uh, they didn't do it. That sucks. We're on to next year. I, I love our chances next season. Love see, them. See, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go in the camp that I think, I think it was smart that the Reds didn't make a move. Listen, you can't look at Jordan Montgomery and say, why didn't the Reds get Jordan Montgomery when every other pitcher that was traded at the deadline was traded for King's Ransom? You, you say they didn't cost a whole lot. I think the Reds were in the market to get a starting pitcher, and it was just a little too rich for their blood. Maybe, maybe they went with low expectations and, and really weren't trying to go after one, but they did definitely test the waters, and they just decided it was going to cost too much. Every other pitcher that was traded did not do well. Michael Lorenzen, I know he had the no-hitter. Didn't, didn't pitch well. He's not even on the playoff didn't roster. Didn't make the roster. Didn't even make the playoff roster I for the I understand that. For the I Phillies. didn't say that every one of those deals works out. I'm saying you had to take the chance, and you would not have had to break the bank. And there's no guarantee. I mean, I keep reading everybody in the chat. Yeah. I mean, everybody around here is talking like the Reds are going to do next year, be better than they were this year. I don't know that. I have no idea about that. What is Ellie De La Cruz? Elliot brings up a great point. What is Ellie De La Cruz? I know he's an enormously talented dude. There's no debate about that, but what is he? Half of you out there killed Jonathan India this year. Wanted him gone. What is Jonathan India? I don't know what he is. All I heard about was how great Tyler Stevenson is. What is Tyler Stevenson? I don't know what he is. What do I know about Nick Lodolo? I know he can't stay on the field. God bless him. I'm rooting for him. Seems like a great kid. I know two years in a row, Graham Ashcraft is hurt. That's what I know. I know two years in a row that Hunter Green is hurt. That's what I know. And those facts cannot be countered. They can't. Those are facts. So for everybody to say, oh, man, our window, next three, four, five years, man, we're going to be kicking ass and taking names. There's no guarantee about that. The Cardinals were picked by probably 95% of the quote-unquote experts to win the National League Central Division this year. They were lucky they did not lose 100 games. All right. Diamondbacks. Can they shock... The Philadelphia Phillies, yay or nay, game one tonight, Zach Gallen v. Zach Wheeler. This is, this, is, this is why playoff baseball is so exciting. You get Zach Gallen, Zach Wheeler, two wildcard teams going in there. 
I don't know, Tom. It's going to be an electric atmosphere in the bank. You know that. You know in Philadelphia, they're, they're, going, to, they're going to bring it. Um, I, I just I don't fully believe in the Diamondbacks. And they've showed me every reason to believe. they got all this young talent. They play with so much punk. They, they, they like defense. They, they run around the bases so well. But, man, the Phillies just got that lineup. Every single guy that comes up to the plate for the Phillies, you're like, oh, this guy, this guy can put one in the gap right now. This guy can put one over the fence. I just think the Phillies lineup is going to be too much, but we'll see. That's what's great. They're going to go up against two of the best pitchers in the National League and Zach, Kelly, Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly the next two nights. I like the Phillies in this one, Tom. Okay. It seems to me like the Phillies are the best team in the playoffs right now. Right now. More than the I, Astros? Yeah. More than, so. the, wait, wait, more more than, than the Astros? Rangers. What about the Rangers? Yeah, the Rangers, too. I, I, right now, the Phillies appear to be, for me, the hottest team in the playoffs. And, and that's who I would be riding with. They've got that edge, too. I think Phil, I think Philly, home field advantage. I know people like to joke, oh, it's Philly, whatever. Philly, playing, playing, playing in that... <laughs> in that ballpark has to be one of the coolest feelings ever as a player. No doubt. Because every fan, every pitch, loud as they can be, they're singing every walk-up song. I think I think Phillies, if, if they can win against the Diamondbacks, they're winning this World Series. I know that's whatever, it's only one game. You're, you know what I mean? It's, it's an easy to, to call that if they were to win this in advance to the World Series. But I'm saying, as of right now, I think they're the best team in the playoffs. Okay. Casey, any chance for the for the battling D-backs, as they call them? The battling D-backs. I mean, I get all, to fight and fill. The serpents. All, all I've been told all baseball season long is that when you get in the playoffs, it's all bets are off. Like, That's right. It, it, anyone can win at that point. That's right. So, yeah, of course there's a chance that the Diamondbacks can win this. Of course there's a chance, That a boy, Casey. That a boy. Are you a pseudo D-backs fan? No, I'm not a pseudo D-backs fan. I'm a D-backs fan. I loved working for that franchise. He's I loved living there. I am a D-backs fan. No doubt about it. I'm rooting for him. Will you wear the jersey if they win? This, if they win will we take it all out of its frame and you wear the jersey? Um, no, because they don't wear those anymore. They change the colors. I wish well, they wouldn't well, have to do with yeah, that. Yeah, you yeah, can you wear a retro wear, jersey. Put it, put it on for the show one day. We'll take Come it out on. of the frame. Make it to the World Series. It's too nice of a frame. It is too nice of a frame. We'll get a fake one. Um, so big, big C, Corey, my guy, he, he, super chat for him. Not really happy about Anthony Richardson, possibly getting season-ending surgery. Shout out to the Colts for not winning a game in Jacksonville in like 10 years. I think that is, that does, that does. That's, stink uh, that's too bad. Why, I hate so, to see that happen to young, young people. There's some teams that, uh, that just can't play in, in Florida. The, the Patriots always struggling. Yep. Miami, the Colts always struggle in Jacksonville. It's weird. Jacksonville struggles in Jacksonville. They have to go to London. Right, that's their, that's their, home, that's their home team. <laughs> uh, other than that, too, I, I do have a cherry on top, Casey. It's one of the things I, I sent you. It's the most recent thing I sent you on Twitter. It happened in the 49ers-Browns uh, game. We were talking about poor officiating throughout this show. There was a lot of it in that game specifically, including uh, there was a ball that was placed. They, were, they, were, they brought up the sticks. They measured it. They called this short. The edge of the football is past this. The the is it a what is what is it a stick? Pilot, the chains, pilot, pilot. whatever they call it, the stick, the big stick. The big orange chains. The big orange sticks. Yeah, yeah. The ball was past it. They called it short. They said no, that's not past it. You can see it right here. The ball is past the thing. Well, the other part about it is, and when you look at that, is is they're leaning yeah. the stick sideways. Correct. <laughs> so That's they wild. ruled it. They ruled this play short. I mean, it was just some of the worst officiating I've ever seen, truly. That's wild. That's crazy. Crazy. Wow. All right, so tomorrow we have our Power Five. 
Everybody's going to give their power five in college and pro football. Oh, yes. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, we'll talk more about the baseball playoffs, talk more about this Bengals game. Uh, they have a week off, a bye week this week, and then go to San Francisco. We'll learn more about the deal with the injuries with the 49ers because, I mean, even though the Niners have a game between then and now against Minnesota, those are two huge injuries for the Niners in Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. So lots more to talk about tomorrow. We thank everybody for being with us here today. Casey, I'm glad you're in a good mood. You're feeling better about life these last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. yeah. I also want to walk back through any gambling that may have taken place over the weekend. Well, we, we, do, have, we do have boxed lunch after this. Oh, you do? Okay. We, so we will All be right. going over some gambling. I'm so there. glad you told me that. Thank you. So without further ado, Fareed, Elliot, Casey, and our entire cast of thousands behind the scenes, Tom Brenneman saying thanks so much for watching Off the Bench. Here we go. Here we go. Box watch.